What's going on everybody? Colby here and welcome to episode 100, season 2, episode 50, the finale, season 2, whatever you want to call it. Uh, this is a big one as you can see by the length of the episode, but we do our 5 through 1 favorite games of all time. Talk about a lot of other stuff too here, review Monster Hunter Stories 2 on Tyler's end, bunch of other cool stuff. I get a live summon, uh, finally get some good luck there. But before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for everything. Uh, we touch on at the end of the episode, which the timestamp's down below if you want to hear a more extended version of what I'm about to say but this is just incredible that we're triple digit episodes now like 100 weeks is wild that we've done the show and you know we only really ever take a break in between seasons and for Christmas and that's about all the break, that's about all the off time we take for this I just I don't really know what to say it's just thank you guys so much this is, means the world to both me and Tyler it's a way for us to stay connected as not just like best friends, but like brothers, just like brothers as a whole. And, you know, we get to talk about the one thing we both just love to talk about day in and day out. And we've met cool people doing it. And we get people who come in and listen, enjoy what we do. And that just means the world to us. So this episode's for you guys. Uh, I hope you guys give it a listen through. Uh, no episode next week. We're taking a week off to prepare things for season three. We talk about that at the end of the episode too. What might be different, what might not be different, but... Yeah, break up this episode into chunks if you want. It's a long one. The time segments are down below. If you want to do it like by chapters, if you have a long car ride or just walk around your house, feel free to do that too. But I just wanted to say this in, it, before we get into it. Just thank you guys so much, and we'll see you guys in season three. What is going on, gamers? Welcome back to another very special episode of the Switch It Up podcast. My name is Tyler, joined as always by my co-host Colby. And let's not talk about the weather. Let's not talk about anything, Colby. We this is episode one hundred. This episode goes by a lot of names. It can go by the season two finale. It can go by episode one hundred. It can go by whatever you want to put it at. But regardless, uh, the big number, the triple digits, which hard to fathom honestly it's just really is something wild it's almost been two full years and we've done this we've done the show for like 100 weeks like for 100 weeks now of our lives we've sat down to do the show and talk about nintendo games and whatever else comes to our mind it's really wild yeah it's only when you really say the phrase like 100 weeks that's like oh shit we've been doing this for a while it doesn't feel like it's been that long at all uh, and if we about five times this length will be at the length of the average Minecraft Let's Play. Yeah. So good progress. We are, we're closing in hot. But yeah, episode 100, really excited. Uh, we're obviously going to be f finishing out our our countdown top five games of all time. Uh, I, I did say let's not talk about anything, but Colby, how, how, it's, it's tradition. How, how are you doing today? I'm, do I'm doing good. I, I have no complaints uh, I'm going back to North Carolina here tomorrow. Uh, you're hearing this Wednesday, so I'm already on my way back. If you're hearing, if you're hearing this today, comes out. Just really excited to get into this episode. We've been talking about it for a while. The build-up's been seemingly forever now, and I'm just I'm glad that it's here. Um, I'm really happy that next week we kind of get to take a week off. Hopefully, we can drag this episode out as long to make it worthwhile for two next two weeks. But you know, I'm just very excited to get into it. It feels like it's been a long time coming. Uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm um, doing good. Doing good. Can't complain as well. Uh, I've been working a lot. Uh, I guess I can complain about the weather. It has been 
just nonstop storm and rain every single day uh, here. It's not fun. In good old uh, PA. I was going to say today is great because it isn't storming, but uh, one quick look at the weather, and uh, we still haven't escaped. All night is supposed to rain. Awesome. Uh, But at least we'll be asleep for that. Uh, But, yeah, just been been gaming, just been chilling out, getting ready, uh, starting to think more about, you know, going back to to college soon. Yeah, Uh, soon. Here in August, uh, me and my buddies will be moving into our apartment uh, on the 20th. So, you know, not too not too far away, but yeah. Other than that, there really hasn't been any major developments uh, in my uh, daily routine. But we do have some gaming news stuff to to hit, or I guess that I would like to hit before yeah. we <laughs> yeah. before we get into the the main meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, I guess we'll talk. We'll start by uh, talking about one thing that really came out of the blue. Uh, just like what yesterday or like yeah it was yesterday yeah, because that's when i tweeted about it uh dying late uh dying light one is coming to the switch uh in october it, and it's not it's dying like the plat like platinum edition so every single bit of dlc is going to be in this version it's coming in october and it's it's only 50 bucks like holy shit this is spoilers i really like this game <laughs> Um, I've, I've talked about it uh, extensively on some uh, podcast episodes, but I, I've also talked about my my hype levels increasing drastically for, for the second installment coming out in December. You're going to get a good refresher here in October. I was about to say, I have not replayed this game from the beginning once. I've always I played through one time, and I just had fun just doing all sorts of the, you know, the end game stuff. But, and also I cheated because my friend and I used duplication glitches that were present on the Xbox version to get massively ahead of where we were supposed to be in terms of strength. Uh, but with it coming out on the Switch, it'll give me a chance to replay the whole game just a few, just what, two months before the sequel comes out. Uh, my only, It was really surprising, because I really don't know how well the Switch is going to run this game. It's my only uh, concern as well. Now... I don't know how long this has been in the works because it's been a long time since Dying Light 1 released originally. So I don't know how long this has been planned. Maybe it's had more time to, you know, experiment and figure out how to best port it to the Switch. I mean, it's not a cloud version either. You gotta th- It's getting a physical edition. Yeah. You got to think that it can run it to some capacity. I, I think that physical edition is going to be the one I gun for because uh, that just seems really cool to have. Uh, but yeah, I, I, even I don't have all the DLC for the original Dying Light on, on my Xbox. So again, this is going to give a lot of new content for me. Uh, and, you know, my friend who I played all of Dying Light through with ha- also has a Switch. So we can both play through it again. And just the fact that it's only like 50 bucks. Like I think that, and, Son- steal, yeah. that and Sonic Colors Ultimate, like two of my favorite games are getting... You know, Sonic Colors gets a full remaster with new content, and then Dying Light gets its full DLC packaged in for a that complete, same a price. A complete edition. A complete sure. edition, correct. Uh, I am just over the moon. I cannot wait. You know, September uh, and October are already are now set for me with those two games. Uh, and it wasn't this game wasn't even announced. It was just, just like dropped. just a tweet on Twitter, just saying, "Hey, this is coming." And then people picked up on it, and they were like, "This this is kind of big." Yeah, like, this is big news. It's kind of weird how they just kind of 
plopped it on us like that. But you know, you won't see me complaining. This game is incredible, and I am super excited for it to come out. And I think that is all I have. Uh, it's another now that it's on the Switch. It I'm going to push for you to even try it more. But you know, with all the other games coming out, we we got a full we got a full slate. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, we're gonna have some extensive backlogs to oh, God, yeah. to cover in our in the coming years probably yeah essentially it's gonna last a while i mean there's just so many now that we're just fully immersed in gaming culture yeah you know as we talk about it a lot it i don't know it just seems like overwhelming almost how many games are coming out uh speaking of games uh oh man that i have finished i have finally finished monster hunter stories 2 40 hours later about yep about 40 hours in i've heard some people say that they have stretched the main story out for 70 hours which is nuts i thought i was taking my time with it but <laughs> some other people don't must have grinded the shit just out of watch this and they basically just doubled it exactly but uh yeah i am now in the post game of monster hunter stories still so much more content to do so many more monsters to get so many more places to explore challenges to do I feel like I haven't even scratched the surface. I haven't even done like PvP or co-op stuff. Uh, so definitely lots of stuff more to do. But I, I did say I would hold my tongue on the game until I finished it. Now that I have, uh, we'll give a brief review. That way we can get on to the main Go for it. thing of the episode. Well, but we got other stuff to cover. I got some fucking beef with a certain uh, mobile game. but <laughs> oh, okay. oh, that's true. We also have that. But we that's true. So yeah, Monster Hunter Stories 2, phenomenal game. So good. I am absolutely worth my 60 bucks would it be in your top 15 if you can go back and redo it i need more time with it okay because i want to finish this post because it really feels like it's kind of like a heart cold soul silver thing like the main story is over there's a whole other area but there's like so much more to do that it just feels like an extension of the main story anyway so i feel like i haven't really gotten that full experience yet to where i can say like this is definitively like one of my favorites but I did put it in my category of games that were coming out this year that might have a chance to get on that list. And based on what I've experienced so far, yeah, totally has a shot. A lot of it's probably because I'm just a huge Monster Hunter fanboy from World and Rise, and then this just cranks all that nostalgia up to 11. And also introduces me to a lot more monsters that were introduced before those games. So, you know, it gets me more immersed into, uh, you know, the fandom and different monsters that I've never seen before, but that are returning. Uh, I don't think there's any new, wholly new monsters in this game, aside from, like, the final boss, uh, which I will say, holy shit, I told <laughs> you about this. I got, like, Blue Lion's route, Fire Emblem Three Houses flashbacks. That final boss fight was fucking difficult. Decimated. Like, I got destroyed. It took me multiple attempts. Like, the difficult, it was just such a big difficulty jump from w- the rest of the game to that fight. I was like, holy shit, what am I going to fucking do? Like, in the game, when you or your monster runs out of HP, you will lose a heart. Uh, And you and your monster share hearts, and you only get three. So if you or your monster goes down three times, the fight fight is over. Uh, And also for your your battle companions, which you can have, kind of like double battles in Pokemon, uh, you can have, like, another... Uh, rider and monsty pair or you can have uh, hunters which are basically just much stronger mm-hmm. riders to compensate for them not having a monster to fight with yeah uh 
and they will also have separate hearts from you and if they lose all three of theirs the battle is also over uh and i got down to like when i finally beat this boss first of all i didn't know that there were items that could restore your hearts in battle i never used one in the entirety of the story until this moment speedrunner dang yeah i i just never had the chance to do it and I, I that's not to say that i had not been in situations where i probably could have used it yeah i just didn't know it existed uh but i had been gathering them over the course of the game i just did not look in my inventory to look and see so but yeah in this final boss i was just spamming this item and if i didn't have that i would probably not even have finished the game <laughs> like it was just so difficult but it was you know i'm it was a good cha- it was a fantastic challenge like now that it's done i'm like wow i'm gonna remember that for a while because it just boss, yeah yeah it, it required a lot of you know thinking and strategy and like all right i need to heal on this turn i need to hope that he targets you know this monster so i can do this uh it was wild uh as far as story you know the namesake of the game goes i'm kind of flip-flopping on it it's charming it you know the world that they create is great that's what capcom is really good at and the monster hunter uh just franchise as a whole is making you know cool worlds and environments and such uh the story itself is nothing crazy uh i'd liken it to kind of titanfall 2 uh where the characters are kind of the main selling point rather than the overall lore yeah uh you want to know more about them than you do the world yes uh, even even then, I feel like they didn't do as much with the characters as I think they could have done. Uh, your character is is silent protagonist, which I feel like in this day and age doesn't really work unless you kind of acknowledge the fact that they are silent. Yeah, you know, like they're doing that with Link. They did it with Byleth. I've talked about how I think they did Byleth really well despite being silent uh, for most of the game. But here in this game, you don't even get like dialogue options. It's just like three dots, basically, all the time. Yeah, it's basically, like, he just nods his head, like, you know, determinedly all the time, no matter what anyone says. There's a little bit of personality. You see some, like, you know, worry, and, like, some of the characters kind of pick up on that, and he has to, your main character has to overcome his uh, kind of, um, how do I want to say it? His fears and his worries of handling uh, a monster this powerful, Raisewing Ratha. Uh, which is your kind of main companion throughout the game your starter essentially uh it's a starter that you don't start with because ah. you you don't meet Razewing ratha until a little ways into the game uh still near the beginning but still a little ways in uh but then he is the monster that you cannot remove from your party who always has to stay in okay so essentially becomes your main dude uh and like the cutscenes in the game make it seem like he is your only dude because he will get taken uh, which is in the trailer, so I don't consider that a spo- spoiler, but he will be taken from you at some points. Uh, and I'm like, I have five other monsters in my party. Let me just send them out and fucking kill these guys <laughs> and get my dude back. But, yeah, in lore, it seems like Ratha is, like, the only monster you have, uh, or at least in the cutscene, which kind of annoyed me. I'm like, dude... Let me just send cool out my fucking members. Tigrex and mur- murder these guys. <laughs> They're just walking away slowly with them. But, yeah, besides, that's a minor gripe. I can look over that. You know, for the sake of the gameplay, they obviously have you have a full team. Yeah. Makes it, you know, much better. But for the story, I can get why they would not 
want you to have a full fucking yeah, just entourage just loaded because you don't have mo- you don't have like pokeballs or anything like in battle you just whistle and the monster comes to you okay. when you switch out so in lore you would literally have an entire posse of giant monsters just following you in every cutscene. so i can understand why that'd there's pretty, that that'd be pretty cool though it would be sick as hell but i can understand why there's that disconnect between the cuts the story and the gameplay the gameplay itself carries this fucking game to massive heights it is really really fun i want to say like it's i i hesitate to call it like a better pokemon because it it's just so cool how they it's like a rock paper scissors sort of mechanic you know power beats technical technical beats speed speed beats power you know the standard starter trio type triangle thing yeah Uh, except they're just attack types you also have elements uh, which also have their own, you know, strong against this, weak against this sort of uh, dichotomy. Uh, for different weapon, weapons can have their own element, monsters can have their own element, and you can kind of build around that based on what monster you're fighting, so that you always have an element to fight uh, a certain foe. Or you can just go with a lot of monsters don't have an element, and there's just raw power, and you can, and there are skills that let you build into that aspect. There's also just so many different monsters with such unique. Uh, sort of fighting styles yeah. and abilities. Uh, but, you know, despite them having their own thing, there's a system where you can basically give any ability to any monster. So you can have this, like, uh, there's a creature called a Zamtrios, which is like this shark with legs, and it does <laughs> ice attacks. Shark Man from DC. Shark, it, it honestly, yes. King from the shark, new Suicide yeah. Squad trailer, that is what this guy is. He does ice attacks. He He's a technical fighter, but... Like, if you wanted to, you could give him, like, a fire beam from this, like, fire-breathing dragon. That's pretty if cool. If you wanted to. And I think it was even more... So, like, you could change an entire monster's, like, main attacking element in the old game. Uh, in Monster Hunter Stories 1. And this one, you have... You can still kind of do that, but it doesn't work in the same respect. But you have a lot of customization when it comes to building kind of sets for these monsters. I, I got a lot of... Uh, Fire Emblem Heroes vibes from the way that you can build up your team members and there's like a merge or a inheriting skill mechanic yeah where like this is how you give them new skills you sacrifice one monster to give one skill to another monster just like heroes just like heroes uh, but yeah that's something I liked about the game another thing I really liked about the game is how grinding is massively cut down like say you find a really cool monster all monsters start at level one when you hatch them uh, from eggs that you find in dens you don't just go out in the wild and chuck a pokeball at a wild monster you have to go into the monster dens and grab an egg and then you can hatch them at your stables and if you put that monster in your party like say i have i just got two monsters that i wanted to swap out for my team because they would be stronger in the long run and my team was like level 46 48 and they were level one i went out and did like five battles in the hardest in the in the um the dungeon that i was currently going through and they were like up there in no time is the, it like a is it like an xp share thing yeah xp share is basically always a thing all your monsters get xp so after just like battle. pokemon sword and shield where yes every single pokemon gets xp yes but the okay. lower members of your party get, get more like the i was about to say the lower level members get boosted experience until they get to the level that your guys are at that definitely helps which is super fucking awesome and you also have uh these monster expeditions that you can send them out on for them to passively gain levels 
but it's actually not as effective as just having them in your party yeah because you can just grind that out really fast while those expeditions kind of take a few like an hour of real life time to do uh but those expeditions also give you like rare items and stuff so you can passively farm some things uh as well if if you're not actively looking for them um uh circling back to the story uh one thing that i found really interesting is that they referenced the events of the last game a lot like you have to play it to know it or no no i i don't think you do but it would it feels like it would definitely help more than like other sequels to games uh like they they talk about the main like bad uh affliction of the monsters by name like it's like oh yeah the black blight we did that before uh one of your companions is like yeah i was there when the black blight hit uh it, it kind of coming in as a new person to this specific part of the franchise uh it wasn't bad i kind of liked it it was like oh i'm kind of going in to this world that has existed without me you yeah. know like there there is a past and everything yeah that's cool uh, it gives a character i've heard that the last game's protagonist who they call red in this game it i sorry i've heard that the grandfather of your character which is red is the protagonist of the last game which i don't know i don't know how the timeline lines up that would be then this game would be like years in the future yeah it's like generations in the future like 50 years at over 50 years because he was already old as shit yeah when and you know when you played as him in the last game he was not old as shit but then some of the characters like looking at them they don't seem like that time would pass because i've seen them from like the old game to the new game and they look almost the same some of them so the time i'm not sure how the timeline lines up i didn't do too much research on it uh because it wasn't a huge gripe but it it was a little strange i'm like i don't really see how this adds up but it doesn't really affect me too much no um one thing i will say uh that i was going to rant to you about but that (laughs) i hold my tongue for um there's this your companion character is called naviru he's a little cat man uh called a feline they're just a race of sentient cats simple Uh, enough yeah and they're all throughout monster hunter games since like the very beginning and they you know in monster hunter proper you bring them along as partners in your hunt you can give them their own armor and weapons and they're basically your little hunting companions but they definitely do not talk as much as this guy uh he apparently was in the last game as well uh as another guide character this guy's got takes he's got things he's got to get off his chest oh my god i want that cat obliterated like i want his code fucking purged from the system (laughs) he is so he's like if all the memes about navi were actually the truth like of how (laughs) annoying she is because oh my god and it's worse because since your character doesn't talk he is kind of the character's mouthpiece and yeah it makes sense it just kind of sucks because it's like this dude is so annoying my character's not this lame but this guy is making him look like he's i was about lame. to say like he's you know he's cocky but he and he complains all the time and he just says like the same lines over and over and uh, i don't know man like apparently they didn't even like like people didn't even like him very much in the first game but they brought him back and they're just like we gotta bring this back and we already had like a perfectly fine traveling companion that you meet with later. Her name is Enna. She's a Wyvarian girl. Uh, Wyvarian is basically the monster hunter equivalent of an elf, of an elvish race. They live way longer than humans. They, you know, they age slower. Uh, they have pointy ears. Uh, 
uh, and you know they're more in tune with nature than humans usually yeah. are. Uh, and you know you meet her; she's the one that gives you the Razwing Ratha egg. She knew your grandfather uh, as when he was a kid. Like, like she hasn't aged at all in his entire lifetime. That's how long these guys live. Damn. Right. Uh, and you know they they mentioned like a whole arc way back when about you know why Varians and and humans kind of or why Varians not wanting to like kind of get close to humans because they mature so fast and then yeah. they're just gone. But Red kind of showed them that, you know, you can still, you know, be friends with humans and, and enjoy the company you have yeah, with them. Yeah, form meaningful bonds. Yeah, while they last. Uh, and, you know, she she's really cool. She's really interesting. She, you know, I don't know. She's, she's a very likable character. And she's with you as well through the entirety of the game. The, the kind of four main center points of the story is your character, Ratha, Naviru, and Enna. And you just kind of go through this together. And I, I just don't see a point for Naviru to be in the game. Like, they reference some of his past and such, but even then, like, I could not care less. It kind of came out of left field. I'm sure it was very, you know, cool for old people coming yeah, from the old game, there. seeing him, or maybe seeing it, more so seeing his past reference and other characters connected to him, because the characters that... He, he also is, like, kind of the catalyst for all the other returning characters, because he knows them all. He knows all of your like battle buddies that come in later that were in the old game, uh, and you know other characters. You know he's the one who knows them because your yeah. character has no fucking clue who they are. <laughs> uh, so he plays a sort of interesting role. I think it would be fine if you know that that still wasn't in there. Like, oh, I don't know that this guy's a returning character, but you know, let him stand on his own two feet, and you know they're still fine. I don't know how to exactly word it. I'm starting. I feel myself starting to ramble, but yeah, bad character. He it's he kind of goes back and forth, but most he does some cool things, and that kind of like redeemed him a little bit from his very annoying start. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I was just gonna tell you guys to brace yourselves and just kind of because I've kind of grown numb to it at this point, and he's kind of out of speaking lines now that the story is over. So that's you know a small gripe in the grand scheme of things and the other characters more than make up for him just every single one is pretty good villains are predictable so no big obvious uh plot twist that you won't see coming i honestly i'll stop i'm gonna get into spoilers and i want you guys to play this game uh for those of you who are interested mostly blind but uh, i think that's that's about what I what I had to say on Monster Hunter Stories too. It's fantastic. It's a great game. If you guys are on the fence, go. F- uh, I would say go for it. It's. F- I dropped my phone. It's fantastic. And uh, for those of you who like Monster Hunter uh, or Pokemon, especially if you like both, this is the game for you. Uh, but if you like one of the other franchises, definitely give this a shot because it's super cool and just it pays so much respect to the. You know, just the monsters themselves. The monsters are yeah. always the main focus. Capcom does so much work making sure that, you know, their legacy is intact and that, you know, they just portray them as everyone uh, remembers and, and reveres them uh, from whenever they were introduced. One thing I will also say as kind of a conclusion for this is we've talked about before how the 3D Pokemon games kind of like the 3D models do not have a lot of expression to them. And we've compared them to the black and white sprites yeah. who are always moving, so full of personality. 
in Monster Hunter stories, like every single monster is like has their own mannerisms as you know you're waiting to attack them. That's important. Yeah, it's. I was about to say it endears you so much to these monsters, and this game kind of did the wild area concept that it took the wild area concept and just did it way better yeah than than pokemon did you know there are these big open worlds that you can just walk around but all of the monsters are it, first of all it looks better there's a lot of secrets to find you have an incentive to explore uh these to get to you know rare monster dens or ever dens where you find uh bottle caps which are a currency for the special merchant uh, there are all sorts of resources around to pick up uh, that you can use to craft really helpful items in battle. It's just oh, and you can use different monsters to uh, kind of kind of like do HMs. You know, you have monsters that can swim, you can get across the water. You have monsters that can fly, you can get to this really high cliff. You have monsters that can climb. There's this sort of out of the way alcove that you have to climb vines up to get to. It's it's really cool, and there are so many different environments as well. You know, there's the beach where you start out with a sort of tropical area, island. You have a desert. You have a snowy area. You have a volcanic region, kind of like Mario levels mm-hmm. in in, um, in how they progress. But, and I also think they brought back the setting from the first game as well, because obviously all the characters return. So yeah, I'm I'm interested to see in my research further into this game as i play it how much they expanded on the old region and how you were able to explore it before because it seems like it's it's the same world so i'm i'm sure for fans of the first game this is like crazy this is like going to kanto yeah in in johto but like right at the start and all the nostalgias i i assume that's what it might be like but yeah I, all the monsters are filled with life the the wild areas are filled with you know secrets and reasons to explore them multiple times it's just fantastic and if you guys were kind of a little let down by base sword and shield like we obviously were i think the dlc's made it a little better but if you guys were let down by that i th- i think this game is also one for you because it does the concept much better than sword and shield did so yeah i think i think that now is all i have to say on monster Hunter stories i i have one more i obviously depends on the sales but do you think that the stories franchise is here to stay now I hope so. It just passed a million copies sold. So it already uh, got sold the first one. First, I, it's close. I, to I believe. Anyway. I'm pretty sure it. It must have outsold the first one yeah. by now. Uh, just considering it being on the Switch and it being much more in the limelight now than before. Monster Hunter itself just being so much, so much mm-hmm. bigger now over here in the West. I think it's definitely outsold the first one. I and this is why I am so pleading. Uh, for you guys to try this game out because it is really fantastic and I hope that they continue this I hope that this can that this RPG trend continues because Capcom RPGs uh, have been historically praised like the original Monster Hunter stories was already good and praised and this one has you know received raving reviews from from people well nine out of tens across the board so I really hope it's here to stay because I am enjoying my time immensely. I'm like I said, I'm forty plus hours in and I'm still going. There's still lots of stuff to do. And I can't say for sure whether or not it will stick around. Cause the sales on this, I'm not sure what I don't really have a scale of what I think they would need to hit for them to be like, okay, yeah, this is good enough for a a continuation i think rise did well enough that regardless of what this game does they can take another shot with stories too yeah or stories in general i mean they also have 
a really good like dlc update plan for this game like it has more content in it than rise i've talked about this when the game came out uh we just got our first one which uh included a new monster, which was the palamutes from rise uh which i believe is the first rise monster that they've added uh and it's not even really a monster it's kind of like a, a companion but now it's filling the role of a monster on your team but yeah lots of really cool stuff coming in uh i thought they're even keeping some stuff way towards the end secret uh there's this monster that's only available in in co-op quest that's coming down the line it's going to be like this this like super boss that you have to take on with your friends i thought i knew what it was but then i found out that that monster that i thought it was might already be in the base game that's out so now i have no idea what's coming and it's just really exciting and i just have this this game has just shot my respect for capcom up even higher than it already was and it was already sky high because of world and rise so to me capcom is just one of those developers that i'm going to absolutely or at least the monster hunter team i feel like i'm i feel deja vu because i feel like i've talked about this really <laughs> recently but yeah monster hunter team is just on an absolute roll so i hope that monster hunter stories continues alongside the main series uh, because it is just, it is just blew my expectations out of the water. As of yesterday, Monster Hunter Stories Two exceeded the sales of the original, has shipped over more than one million worldwide, and topped the Japan charts in its opening weekend. And just to rehash, Monster Hunter Rise shipped over four million units in its opening seventy-two hours. Monster Hunter's stocks at an all-time high. Yeah, uh, I was about to say Rise. You know, selling that much more than Stories is not surprising. It's its main Monster Hunter that's going. That yeah. has such a huge stock in it right now. This is basically the mystery dungeon to Pokemon, right? That's probably why I like it so much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I hope it continues like, you know, kind of how the Pokemon has. They have the main series and they have a lot of spinoffs that are off the edge and I or that are on the side uh, kind of running parallel to uh, the main game of the generation. And Monster Hunter proper already has kind of releases in generations like Pokemon does. So yeah i the reception of this game has been nothing but positive i've seen so far so i am hopeful and optimistic that we will be seeing more of this uh this specific series going forward i think we definitely will yeah if you buy it we might it solely falls on my shoulders it, it's all on you if this if this continues or not so monster Hunter story rise Monster Hunter Stories 2 yeah. is good. That's what I'm hearing. And no one calls it Wings of Ruin, which is also what I'm gathering. I yeah, think. no one no one says the Wings of Ruin. Like on I I realized when I'm looking at it on the Switch homepage, like the title just keeps scrolling for a really long time. Like this is probably the longest. And then I go over to like Smash Ultimate. It's just really tiny yeah. in comparison. I just thought that was funny. Alright, and that's it for Monster Hunter Stories. Uh raving reviews here. And I think now we can get into uh, longer than usual, but gotcha updates um yes this might be the last time we talk about gotcha on the podcast because i am fucking tired of Uh fire emblem heroes okay i have put over 500 orbs into this summer into the summer vibrance banner and i've gotten i have two mercedes to show for it two five stars in total to show for it only two five stars two literally two and i'm about to do a live summon right now aria or mercedes who should i go for uh I think to prove your point, you should go for Mercedes. All right. Well, here we go. Uh, 14 orbs. One red. About right. We're, we're going for the summon. Showing Tyler right now. Yeah, hit me. 
fucking crime. God damn, I need that. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yep, so I got Tyler's guy, and I'm just going to go over to Arya just to prove my point that I can't get shit. Here we go. Live summon, <laughs> one red. Perfect. Going to pull for it right now. Well, what the fuck? I got her. <laughs> you got her? Oh, my God. Well, uh... That's the, argu- up, the argument's over. Well, I guess that's gotcha updates. Uh, <laughs> that's the first live summon that's gone well. Wow, it must be there must be something in the air. Because oh my god! I'll take it. Hold on, I'm going off your luck. I have seven orbs. I'm doing a live summon on the summer uh, banner. I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem Heroes, as I was saying. <laughs> uh, I think I think you should all give the game a shot. Shit, okay. Do you get anything? No, I got I got a forest. I was going for a, on a colorless. All right, well, what the uh, fuck you got fucking crown? I need that. Uh, well, regardless, um, there is a new there's a new there's new banners there, out. Um, there is new banners, new characters. Yeah, weekly revival twenty, as I just said, Arya, who is Astra's wielder, a red sword unit. We have a blue mage, Olwen. I yep, have no Olwen, idea where that's he's from. a Reinhardt's sister. And then Amelia, Rose of War, a green axe unit. And then we get into the new units, new characters. Uh, who you may have seen Tempest Trials last week? God of Ice, Sniffle. Sniffle, uh, looking really good there. We have another version of Charlotte, who is an axe user versus a magic user. I think her base form is mm-hmm. Nynx, Rulebreaker Mage, which is pretty sick name. Uh, Gwinnagapa Gap is their uh, weapon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're right. I, I was like, what? The and hell then, did you just and say? then, and then Orochi, Tiger Spirit, uh, a Green Mage. I think that indicates but yeah that's what's going on in heroes right now i don't think there's active tempest trial no there's forging bonds 12 days left hall of forms and lost lore that's what's going on there right now yeah. i have no idea when the next tempest trials is coming out yeah some good fodder in these new mu- in these new units orochi has mirror strike 2 which is really good uh we have speed res solo 4 on nyx which i'm assuming a lot of people are going for charlotte's just a really high attack unit like 59 base like without any uh, nature or ivs and such and a lot of people are memeing on niffle for her being a literal deity uh and not being a mythic unit whereas like yeah, dog whereas like dogger uh is just a princess of some nation and she's a mythic unit uh so a lot of people are memeing on that i've seen but well, that's yeah. her that's her first unit i'm assuming she'll get a mythic eventually Maybe I think they gave because like even Surtur, who is kind of a demigod. Yeah. Well, maybe not. He's kind of like the Fiorm of Moosebell, so maybe not deserving of a mythic. But like you have a like Loki, who I think is a unit who mm-hmm. is an, another god who is also just a regular unit and not a a mythic. So, you know, the, the logic of who gets a mythic is very much memed on uh lately it's inconsistent to say the least it is uh i've had similar luck but somewhat better luck uh i have gotten some five stars some five stars that aren't feature five stars from the summer vibrance banner i got a uh an eye done recently uh so i can merge her into my existing one to get rid of her bad defense iv which is really good uh but i have gotten one mercedes and two duo hildas uh, which is really good. Be- I, Duo Hilda, I've started using as my main healer on like my main team that I use for everything. The fact that she can kind of nudge you forward yeah. instead of LaRachel's draw back makes it easier for me to get Fallen Edelgard into position. better positions. Uh, and, you know, if I have, um, what's it called? My Saros, uh, and I put her next to uh, Fallen Edelgard to get her right into her. The uh, dynamic duo. Yeah, I, I get, I, it's such a weird pairing. 
I only realized that recently. Like, oh, I literally have the two sworn enemies on my team. <laughs> but if I put Saros next to Fallen Guard, she turns into her beast form immediately since Saros is a dragon unit. Just pisses her off. She's so like, <laughs> she did the anger just immediately flares up. Yeah, but I can use reposition and then use a nudge to really get a lot of distance on her, even though she's an armor unit, so she can't move very far. So, just some really some solid summons. I've talked to Alex about this. I'm kind of at the point where. I have my team that can take on pretty much anything. Yeah. At the, I mean, anyone who has fallen Aelgard has kind of reached that point. Yeah, we're set. So, yeah, so I don't really mind not getting a lot of the units that I want. Uh, aside from Krom, I, I just want... I'm really mad that you got Krom <laughs> actually right in front of my face. <laughs> but uh, A three-star, a three-star. Yeah, but for the merge projects, you know, I've gotten... You know, it's, it's really fun to, like, kind of... you Okay, what skills do i have that can go into this build that i want to yeah that i actually have on me you know and it's really cool to kind of uh change up the skill sets and specialize in certain things this game is just really cool uh team building exercise uh, but i've been summoning on nothing but red and uh colorless and i haven't gotten a single crumb since the last since like last month and i haven't gotten a soleil which i want to be my next merge project so you know some good luck some bad luck some ups and downs which you have very much demonstrated just now i think i think you should all give this game a shot that was that was really funny that was really funny i got crom and a five star <laughs> your anger was shut down immediately I, by yeah, getting aria I, no i think this game's good did you did you check her ivs no i didn't i was just so excited that i got it oh no what if it's off. minus attack oh, God, minus attack like my that, aria like that i got is my is minus attack oh god don't even don't even put that bad juju on <laughs> is there anything going on in masters uh nothing new going on in masters they've re-released the first summer units so they have summer steven and summer lyra uh steven is just in his dad shirt you know flipping patties with his alolan sand slash a legend uh <sighs> what what is it it's minus defense plus res. It's not great. It's, it's as not a, that, as I was say that doesn't really affect her too much, to be honest. No, because as long as it's not attack and speed, you should be you should be good. Now I have Arya, Larcy, and Shannon. I have the black sword. I have the black haired swordsman trio from was, Genealogy of the Holy War. I was about to say for for a long time, I thought they were like the same character, or like related somewhat, because they look so similar. They are. They are related. Oh, are they all? Larcy like is Arya's daughter, and Arya and Shannon are niece and nephew. I think. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I was just looking at these guys. I was like, are these guys like not the nephews. same Shannon would people? Be the uncle to Daria. Duh. Yeah, yeah. Regardless, but yeah, Masters. So they re- they re released their first seasonal event because the first summer event was actually their first seasonal event ever, which is cool. And I never got the medal for it, so now I finally was able to redo that. And now my profile is looking a lot more complete because it was always such a like, oh, that's the one event that I don't have all the medals for. Yeah. But they re-released it now, so I can finally rest easy. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they re-released those. I I spent all my orbs trying to get uh, Summer Marnie because uh, I think she is... I don't have a fairy type, uh, like attacker. Uh, and she looked really cool. She's not a striker. She's actually a tech unit. But her whole thing is using bulk up to raise her stats but all of her passives kind of just increase the effects of bulk up so instead of one attack stage and one defense stage it's two of each it mm-hmm. doubles it 
and if she does it three times she's like at maxed attacking stats even it even gives her crit sometimes which you definitely need uh in this game is very important so uh, i just got her today uh and i had a move candy so i could upgrade her to her second level uh and get i i'm one step away from getting the full sync grid but yeah i got her she's cool uh nothing else really is, ha is really happening there's the event out there's a new sweepstakes on twitter uh where you can get gems and apparently uh pokemon pool floats so there's like a giant snorlax and waylord like pool float <laughs> so i'm like fuck yeah i'm gonna try and get that <laughs> why not Shit. so but yeah it's just, you just retweet it and then they randomly select you so you win it <laughs> i would be I would almost not want to win it because I have no use for it. Just to have it, man. Next it, time you go, to, you could take it down to the beach. That's true. It'd be pretty fun. Just float on the beach on a Snorlax. Yeah, I was about to. I mean, it's Snorlax, my favorite Pokemon. It's meant to be. It might be. But yeah. That's all I have for for gotchas. That's uh, all I have for, for gotchas too. My love hate relationship continues. Just, just absolutely. We're back in the love, baby. I was about to say you're back in. I've spent. I I spent five hours the past two days playing that fucking game and not getting anything and i hop on for the first time today and pull a, a three-star crown which tyler needs and a five-star aria who i've wanted since i since i saw her in the banners she should throw she should throw that in the in the discord i should yeah i love fire emblem heroes I'm boys big fan of gonna spend a hundred dollars now on it we we had to talk brock down from doing that i can't believe he actually got the game i think he did it what did he spend money i think he did it i think it's in the discord that he spent a hundred dollars on the game. are you fucking and how I, much does Crunchyroll have bronx brock brock bank statements a hundred dollars firearm heroes orb count 200 yeah he did he spent he spent a hundred dollars on it oh god we're getting a server update tomorrow because i can afford it now <laughs> dude what <laughs> you get a shit ton of orbs when you start the game yeah, just play the game for an hour oh, and you can get to 200 god orbs. i don't know that yeah there's your fire there's your gotcha update jesus wow brock is crunchy roll brock brock has joined us <sighs> he's joined us in force i'm afraid for his well-being we will keep you updated we'll keep you posted i would really what if his summoning luck is even worse than ours no his summoning luck's gonna be good he's like gonna pull like he's gonna pull the summer mercedes right away and be like i'm gonna get a plus I, 10 yeah. gonna get a plus 10 unit in his first day of playing. yeah like i think this game's awesome <laughs> of course he does but okay I think that's all for gotchas, yeah? I think that's all for gotchas indeed. So, it's time without... To, time to close this bitch out. Any further ado... Yeah, we're not even an hour in yet. This. <laughs> oh, we got this. I mean, for these last five games, I I assume it this is... It took us an hour and 20 to talk about 10 through 6 the other day, so... <laughs> yeah, never mind. We'll be fine. 5 through 1. The final... Five through 1. The final countdown. Our... Yeah, the final... Coleman, the final celebration of... 100 episodes of gaming of gaming this is the celebration of gaming right here i'm excited our, our lists are law yes <laughs> if the, the, the they will never change they are rigid no these are the must plays of switch it up if if you know there are good games the last 10 slots are good games these are the these, these are, are the, the bangers these, these are, are the must plays yeah these are the big ones uh, I already told you before recording. I think I know your five. I just don't know the order. This is our last chance for possibly getting a game in the same spot, yeah, which you, we have not done yet. Yeah, if you missed last week or the week before, we have no games in the same slot yet. We came really close last week. Super yeah. Smash Bros. Ultimate was six you, on your seven on mine. Yeah, so we were really close on that one. So I think we should just jump in, and I think I'll give you the honors. You should start this off. 
All right, I will. I'll take the wheel. Why not? Here we go. Number five comes in at ninety-three. Is the last game at that? Is the last game in that? You know, score ninety-three out of hundred. Mm-hmm. I think you meant for my number six slot. You told you I, when I was mentioning like this franchise, a skyrocket up my list. I think I know the game you're talking about, and that's because it's a slot ahead. Okay. It is this podcast's baby. It is the reason this podcast exists. From Intelligent Systems and Koi Tecmo Games, releasing in 2019. Both sharing the number five slot. It's yep. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yep, that's the one. That Fire Emblem's we, my five, too. We <laughs> finally got it on the, on the button. I could just tell by looking at you. <laughs> my, uh, Let's get yeah. into it. Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, I don't know what else we've left to say on it, but since we both have it here, we might as well just give its praises one 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 more time yeah you know shout in the echo chamber once again yeah this game really weird how it came into our lives i i don't even remember where i saw it i just saw like a i think i saw a gameplay trailer on youtube and i'm like i think that's a i've heard of fire emblem like marth lucina there those are my mains in smash Bros. i think i'm gonna give this game a shot well did i know it's completely different from all the other firearms before it i was on the fence i got it and 600 hours later i think I think it's well worth everyone's time and money. Uh, you eventually got it and feel the same as that. What's your score, by the way? Corey? Oh, my score is 95. 95? Okay. Uh, all of my next three are, are all 95, except, okay. and the last two are, are different. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, this game is the this game is the definition of replayability. I There's four different story routes. I, two okay ones, two really good ones, two really I good think. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this game is this game just thrives off of its characters, and it's the voice acting that just brings them to life. The 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 writing is amazing, and this and this and the voice actors take it to another level. Everybody just kills their role in this game, and it's just so good. Every single line is voice acted. There's not one little like text. Bl- there's blurb. not one little blip you read unless it's Violet. But yeah, yeah, everything about this game I think is amazing. Scenario I think is done well for the most part writing like i just said is out of this world voice acting is out of this world everything about it i just i love it's the, my most played game ever mm-hmm. I, i'm sure we'll i'm sure we'll find more things to talk about here and there but what what do you have for it, 95 yeah i i couldn't agree more this game i i was going to skip it before you you're like you need to get it and you know we've told the story about many times of how i'm like okay i'll go out and get this game and it was sold out everywhere except the last copy at our local best buy i'm like holy shit this game was rock who who else like this game must be fucking crazy so i got it and it it just blew all of my expectations out of the water this like one of the one of the two big big games that really started this podcast yeah and it it, like like you said characters are all fantastic every character has at least a little bit of depth if you like kind of reach beneath the surface or they're just likable out the gate um the voice act it, i i've said this the very first time we talked about this you just feel the love and the passion that went into creating this game yeah from you know the voice actors just laying it all out on you know in the booth and just the uh the music as well it's do we even need to talk about it it's insane it, the soundtrack's insane yeah like it's made like man it, it makes me feel something like in my chest every I, it time might, I hear it might it might be my favorite video game soundtrack it's it's up there no doubt but i mean we've memed my favorite. <laughs> we've memed on it saying it's all edge of dawn but 
The fact is, it's Edge of Dawn is a really it's, good it's song anyway. Good. Like, there's no problem with that. Yeah, and the fact that we actually got it in Smash, like, we were, oh. that was like a pipe dream for us, like, getting it in Smash. And I now, see all the cake. It's amazing, but, yeah, the, like, the story, I think, is good. Uh, you know, it falters a little bit, as I think is kind of expected from a game with, you know, multiple endings, different, you know, these different paths that you can go down. Um, but... You know, even where the plot falls short, uh, the characters really prop it up. Yeah, big uh, time. You know, no matter where you're at, uh, as a first time, you know, and uh, en- entry into the Fire Emblem franchise for me, a complete fan, like a fantastic first impression. Yeah, like the battle mechanics were way more addicting than I thought they would be. Like I had I no idea. Yeah, same here. I didn't know what to expect from it. Like I'd heard, like, oh, it's you know, like extreme chess or like video game chess take yeah. it like with a story uh but it was like crazy like in this game you can do so many cool things like you can change w- in this game i don't know if you could do it in the last game you can, like change weapons on the fly each character has their own inventory that you can give different you know things there are the, the heroes relics now play into effect that can that damage anyone who doesn't have the proper, the crest, proper yeah. crest but you can mitigate that in new game plus by giving them crest items so you can get crazy builds going on uh, you can basically turn any character into any class so there are classes that they specialize in and you know in a story sense they probably should be like i'm not going to turn lysithia into a a fortress knight no but you can yeah which is the cool thing you know they also have budding talents so you know you have sort of hidden talents that kind of put them put certain characters down different paths yeah what our deficit what our deficits turn into pluses yeah exactly so just the freedom that it gave you even though i never really went into too many crazy directions uh, yeah no i stay i stay true to the lore you know because it, it when you go to your you know the ones that are like yeah this is their class they're that they're just very effective mm-hmm. so you just use yep. them but i i would it was cool because you have like cavalry and flying which are kind of things that you can train anybody in yeah because that just turns that just like changed up their mobility a little bit so that was cool the the professor stuff and like the school kind of like teaching your class yeah and, the first part of the game really did that well i thought yeah uh, i thought it was really cool it, it took a, a a bit of getting used to going around the monastery but you know being able to talk to all these people scattered around and having so many hidden bits of dialogue that you would only get to see like once or twice in a chapter before yeah. and then everyone changes positions and based on where they're at in the story they will just say different things and that happens like all the time and it's it's really cool because it feels like everyone is reacting to the events around them and you know together yes. uh, even if it even if they're not in your house for the first half of the story you can talk to many different people and you can also the recruiting feature you can get people from other houses into your you know party yeah which again i didn't do too much of in my first one i only i was only able to recruit like one person in the first one but then later on i was able to get much more mostly the people i did not want to kill later yeah yeah Uh, but yeah like it that's the thing like this game made you not want to kill these characters and you like it hits the emotional beats very well for sure uh the ones that are you know some are more impactful than others but you know because sometimes you just kill someone kill one of your former students in a field and then like the music stop you know gets somber for a second and then you go right back to the normal battle music they'll give like a line their their final their, their last final words, lines yeah. which is kind of somber in its own right because it's like you know that was a person with a whole ass life that i knew 
and then they're gone in an instant, yeah, and, then, the, and then you're moving on yeah, to the next up target. Yeah, on the wrong side of the war. Yep. Yeah, so it, that kind of plays into the themes of it as well, despite yeah. not being like a crazy emotional send-off for every character. Yeah. That's almost kind of the point, which I thought was kind of cool as well. But then, obviously, you have the the big story emotional stuff with, you know, the big relationships between, you know, the big players, you know, Edelgard, Dimitri, Claude, uh Raya, Flane, all of them. Yeah, even like I said, I think they did the silent protagonist well. Uh, well, they kind of, you know, they acknowledged, they kind of built the silent part, the stoic part into their story, which I think made them more likable yeah. than many other silent protagonist characters in other games. Yeah, and I think the thing I appreciate that appreciate the most with that is, th- like, Byleth gets to he gets to the same level in every single route, but. The way he gets there is different, like different yeah. characters. And like in Blue Lions, you've Rodrigue, who's his main influence in Golden Deer. Like it's mainly Claude for the it's Claude for the most part. Then in like in Black Eagles, you have it's, Edelgard it's Hubert. A, I was about to say it's very much yeah, Edelgard. Then, yeah, then Church, of Ser- then Church of Seraphs, you have Seth Flame. That, that's Rhea. that. Yeah, all like it just the way he gets there is different in every single like route you choose. And I think that's the most impressive part as far as like the silent protagonist because. We see it all the time. Like Link mainly has a like companion with him, but mm-hmm. Byleth has multiple characters and multiple different stories and personalities that bring him up to what is his like yeah. I guess his legacy in the game. Yeah, and he does kind of have like he does have a personality. Like in the dialogue options that you choose, there's a definable you know, person that you can kind of glean from that. Yeah. Oh, Sothis does that well too. Like drags out of him. Yeah, that's true. Sothis is kind of your companion, but like I thought she was going to stay with you the whole game, but then she just kind of vanishes. Chapter ten on, I think she's gone. Yeah, like she, and then you're on your own. And Byleth does talk more after that. Like yeah. in his battle lines, he will say different things and he'll be a bit more talkative. And it's kind of like that's the moment where you're like pushing for a cause more and more when you're the enlightened one and you fuse with god well, i mean we gotta talk about the cutscenes, right like holy shit the I, cinematography i, re- on these I really wish they didn't have budget because they're so damn good yeah All of them are. i'm i'm surprised like obviously the in-game sort of cutscenes, you know where you're using the in-game models and they kind of they're a little clunky when you know, you have like the support conversations. Yeah, no, this game doesn't look the best, but for the most part, it won't really bother you unless you like really like observe it. Yeah, the the game has. It's not the most graphically impressive, but it has its own style, and it's really again every single part of the game is so like immaculately presented. Your presentation is really good. Yeah, presentation is a huge part of kind of getting the player into the game at you know at the at the start line. Yeah. And I think it really good, does a good job of hooking you in, you know, regardless of, you know, some graphical deficiencies here and there, you know, again, story, music, characters, voice acting. It's you, the fact that you can literally feel all the love and passion, like I said earlier, so obviously makes looking over the flaws so much easier. I think I have two things. I think the beginning of the game does a really good job of setting you up for like what's to come. Like, it's like, okay. Here, here are your three characters. Here's your your mercenary. Here's your whole deal. Here are these three characters. Here's where they're from. Then it gets into the narration sequence where it's like, okay, here's what here's what they're about. Here's where each of them come from. Then you get to meet all the students before you before you make a decision, which mm-hmm. is big, I think. Yeah. Kind of get to kind of get to tinker with the free roam mechanic. Then you're off. I think it does a very good job with that, like explaining like how it is. Then you go straight to the mock battle, which 
is really again a really good baseline and then just then then more so gets into like okay like yeah you're this teacher you have to protect your students but you also have to go like do these do this stuff for us you too. have to go kill people for the church yeah to go kill people for us <laughs> kind of weird when you say it out loud yeah but, it's yeah. how it is it's what i also like about the story is like it is really mysterious and like you do not get all the answers in any route even when you do all the routes there are still Missing lots goals, of yeah. questions mm-hmm. even when you complete the dlcs there are lots of questions yeah and i think that's just really cool just because you get to speculate on so much and that's part of the re- like our text conversation before we started this podcast consisted a lot of that speculation like what the hell was up with the you know those who slither in the dark and the death knight as that at that point we didn't know yeah who that was uh just the deals with the specific characters like you know what happens after the the story concludes you know and some routes give you more closure than others yeah for sure uh and obviously i'm pretty sure we're both thinking like blue lions is the best character story for sure and then the golden deer is the best like kind of wraps everything up nice in a bow for the lore yeah and sort of still has that character yeah those are the two those are the two routes i think of when i think of the story so i was gonna say they're so good and then you know you have the black eagles route most disappointing for sure yeah definitely the one that they did last probably the one they probably ran out of budget on but still the novelty of playing as on the actual opposite side of the war like in every you go through all the same battles but you're on the opposite side yeah which was just a really cool dichotomy that we had when you did black eagles first yeah and you did golden deer and you were like oh yeah i'm at this battle i'm like i'm doing that battle right now but i'm on the other side that's yeah and using all these other characters which is really cool it it's just such an it's just such a cool game it really is yeah and i i I, is a 93 for me so there's there are things that come up short like the second half of the game, I found I found the monastery just more so tedious. Yeah. I, would just, I would just auto teach and get out of there. Like you have so many like teaching points at that point. Yeah. Even without using new game plus stuff to yeah. immediately have all those points. Yeah, you don't need to use all of them. You just have so many points to do, and there's nothing else you really need to do no. besides like you go off and do, you know, battles to level, to level up, up. But that takes a while. Yeah. And it, you know, some people probably don't want to spend that much time just grinding out pointless battles yeah so and i do think the i think the dlc is a big lift up for this game because i think those characters are all awesome i do like this little side story yeah i mean the fact that we we get you know it's a relatively small story but there's still a lot of interesting challenges you know with your limited uh cast of characters that already have their classes pre-selected uh so you know it's an interesting challenge and uh just the little bits of story that we do get are just so so cool with like you know the reveal of citri yeah and kind of that sort of side of violet's past Mm -hmm. uh, as well as you know again all these i've said it before one of the charm of the characters is that they're always kind of related or connected to another character or at least one sometimes and most often multiple characters Uh, whether familial connection or some sort of you know friendship or, or something they're just so there's just this big web of connectivity between these characters which makes them much more believable yeah and just you know and endearing and these new characters uh the ashen wolves fit right into that you know they have established connections that make them seem like yeah they've been around before the player shows up Mm -hmm. and contributes to the world just a you know perfect addition it really it really was and yeah fire emblem three houses is uh, this podcast is 
this podcast is baby game. Like this is our child. Absolutely, that was our first episode. Coming was up reviewing. on the, yeah, come up on the two year anniversary of that too. Uh, kind of wild how it intertwines with this podcast. But yeah, that takes our number five slots. A ninety three for me. A ninety five for you, correct? Yeah, uh, ninety five for me. Yes, ninety five for you. And just like that, we're on to number four. Uh, Tyler, I'll let you take number four here. I I don't know if we'll have the same here. Okay, well, well that's the only one we find out. A lot of foreshadowing for this game already uh, okay. in, in what we were just talking about. Uh, the podcast second half, you could say. Uh, I almost feel bad for saying we're doing this game first because I feel like you're going to have it higher. Uh, but, you know, developed by Nintendo, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is my number four. Uh, and I also have it in the secondary slot, Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity. Okay. Which, you know, I'll get into why that's there in a second. But I assume that'll be higher for you. But uh, so I'll, I'll keep mine brief. Uh, since I, I, I will, for the record, I am two for two in games I have guessed that will be in your top five. Okay. Yeah. I, you, pro- you probably know the other three. Yeah, yeah I think I do. Uh, but yeah, Breath of the Wild, not much needs to be said, to be honest. But with that said, I'm probably going to talk a lot about it. <laughs> Go uh, for it, man. But You're yeah, all I day. Mean, Breath of the Wild. I don't really remember a whole lot about the pre-release. Like, I didn't really follow it too much. I knew it was, like, delayed and delayed and delayed. It used to be. That's probably why you forgot all about it. Yeah, I I kind of... It was more so, like, holy shit, the the new Nintendo console is releasing rather than Breath of the Wild for me. But this was back when my brother and I shared a Switch. So it was his Switch, but I played on it. So I don't even own a copy of the game. It's his copy. I had to. I stole it for a little bit, but I gave it back to him. I mean, this game is just it won game of the year, so that kind of gives you all you need to know. But I, I don't have too much personal, like crazy memories of it. I just know that it was. A, I just remember that it's a really good game. Uh, I remember. <laughs> How I went to the hardest divine beast first. I went to Naboris straight away, and I was like, I have no fucking idea what to do <laughs> right now. Uh, I'm fucked. I was about to say, like, I'm gonna be in here for hours. Uh, but I went to Naboris first, and then I think it was Mifa, then Rivali, then, then Daruk. I think was my first sort of divine beast route. Uh, but I mean. This is probably one of the greatest games of all time, just based on a quality standpoint. Like this, this game is up here for quality, not really nostalgia for me. Yeah, uh, I certainly have a lot of good memories of it. I I know we took that switch everywhere we went, and we always, me and my brother, would make a little progress on, you know, uh, getting farther and farther in the game. Uh, I I don't know. It it's just so cool. I loved how they did it. I loved the open world. I loved how just how vast it seemed and how much they gave the player to to do how just open and free you were they just changed everything it it changed everything it's kind of hard to talk about because the last zelda game i played was uh link between worlds and this one just completely switched it up uh, uh, (laughs) on me completely but it was just it's just a great game i loved i just loved exploring 
every single inch that uh, of Hyrule that I could find. I have never completed all 120 shrines, uh, but I still felt satisfied with my time playing the game. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to complete it or anything to really get the, just that sense of, you know, fulfillment out, out of playing the game. Uh, I remember after I completed it, I would go back and I would fight, you know, Calamity Ganon over and over and over again just because the experience was so great i do remember my brother and i my brother was watching me play uh was watching me beat calamity ganon we were in we were in the room we, we turned the lights off and we and we were fighting calamity ganon uh and it was just a really it was just nuts because he you know it was my first time fighting him so i was like holy shit what's he doing do i have to parry this guardian beam at him we were panicking we were yelling uh and then you know you heard those that line you heard that line for the f- for the first time. Oh, goosebumps! It was like, "Courage need not be remembered, for it's never forgotten." And the bow of light just comes descends, down. Yeah. And I got, I still remember those goose, those specific goosebumps when that happened. I was like, "Holy shit!" I'm gonna fuck this guy. I'm up. about. <laughs> this is about to be the easiest boss in the game, but I'm about to, I'm about to fucking enjoy the hell out of it. <laughs> and then that final hit where the 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 piano kind of waits for you. Yeah. And then you fly up and do the slow motion bang shot which by the way i don't think i figured out how to do the slow motion arrow shot until really late in the game (laughs) i was like you could do this the whole time are you fucking kidding me but yeah i mean breath of the wild just pushed the zelda to new heights even with like characters in the store and obviously the trailer like (sighs) that got me again still to this day still i will still sometimes revisit that trailer and it will always give me good so it's the music the, you need to feel something just watch that trailer yeah just Zelda, and again just like zelda crying into link's arms and the music just stops and the music basically. stops with just a little piano and then goes right back into with just the epicness everything it was it was insane and you know the game is very much different from the vibe of that trailer oh you know? yeah completely different uh but again that didn't really bother me because it gave me an equally enjoyable experience like the calm for some reason i really i really remember the calm of climbing each tower yeah and the soft music would play in yeah the background. It's i relax i don't know why but it was always like climbing the towers that always is like yeah this is cool and now i have i'm at the top can look around and go off yep uh and, no restrictions, nothing. You just go. And I always remembered after every Blood Moon, I would go to the top of Farron Tower, climb on top of the skull, and grab the Royal Claymore <laughs> out of the top of the skull, and then go over to get some hearty durians. I, I kind of developed a, a routine. Uh, I remember going in the Farron region as well, going in and uh, kind of farming Luminous Stone for money because <laughs> I wanted to get some crazy armor. But also just just some like crazy things that just aren't explained obviously the story with the mystery thing kind of goes back to fire emblem like you don't get all the answers and it, yeah. you, know, you still have room to speculate that those text conversations between you and me speculating about breath of the wild 2 were like the final like let's push let's put this on, yeah. on air. you know yeah uh, i think i'm holding the mic to to away from my face <laughs> but yeah it, it it's just fantastic just you know being at on like the northeastern part of the map and looking at this giant just maze in the middle of the ocean it's just there what you can go to it there? yeah it's like holy shit 
I want to go there. <laughs> or like you're out in the snow and you just fought a Lionel in a giant snowfield. Like, okay, I'm done. There's another fucking maze over there. With, go with the Lionel guarding. <laughs> yeah, with the Lionel guarding it. And, you know, just getting surprised by a stone talus in the middle of nowhere. Oh my god, or, yeah. Or an igneo talus or any of the mini bosses. Like a, and you, or like you hear like the soft breathing of something big somewhere and you look over the edge and you see a Hinox. He's just like, I'm like, here. What the fuck is that? It's like... <laughs> or you, you see on the map an island off in the bottom, like southeast yep i had to do the, the put the map in thing. your head and then yeah. uh, <laughs> the southeast corner like oh that's something and you take a tiny little raft and you just like use a korok leaf and go your way over there oh all your items are and gone takes all your shit time to time to survive it's like oh my god this game just has everything in or you're like one of the best moments for me you're just i'm just walking just from place to place uh, I think some of the best Breath of the Wild is is like before you have fast travel to everywhere on the map. Yeah, it's where you have to walk into like uncharted territory for the first time. And it's like you don't know what's gonna happen, and then you see you look up giant dragon flying oh. overhead. I'm like, is that thing hostile? <laughs> yeah. What am I gonna do? Yeah, but is then he gonna kill me. Like the music starts and it's like okay, that's kind of peaceful, and it, it's just the spirits. Yeah. And that I saw like Farosh before i did like the dragon specific quest like the the nadra, one where yeah. nadra is corrupted so i was like there's oh my god <laughs> like it took my breath away so many times another pun there i didn't intend <laughs> uh but yeah th- th- that's that's some broad strokes of breath of the wild how it had an impact on me uh, and i'm sure colby will have his own things to say on it oh, later man, on. oh i'm interested age of calamity also is in this oh slot. right Age of, Age of Calamity kind of. I feel like Age of Calamity is more so my Breath of the Wild, my game in this kind of tr- in this duo. Run, yeah, in this, like this in is this, this is the one that I feel yeah. a bit more emotionally emotionally connected to. But Breath of the Wild still holds the main slot just because it's that fucking good. Yeah. Uh, but Age of Calamity, it was just, you know, Breath of the Wild drew me in, right? Got me in it. Age of Calamity just. For, I mean, I was already hooked, but it like sunk it's claws deeper into like my it's so the, the hype levels it was it was just so good i i'd played the original hyrule warriors and you know hack and slash is a lot more my style than than open world but you know it's not they're still pretty even in my sort of enjoyment of them yeah but just the fact that you can play as all these characters that you know you've you've seen and you're like i know they can fucking fight so i want to fight as them and then they're <laughs> like here's the four champions you know, here's Link being as overpowered as he normally is, and here's Zelda doing crazy shit with the Sika slate. And the speculation that we both had before the game came out was wild, you know, extensive, and nuts. And then, obviously, you know the big plot twist again, another big goosebump moment in this series. Uh, you have to watch him die again. Mm-hmm. I went to because uh, there were two spots where you could go meadow to. and naboris i went to meadow and naboris you went to ruta and rudania, ruta and, rudania. and uh i didn't know it was gonna happen like when i realized like first of all when time travel came to the mix i'm like okay this like i all all of my all of our predictions out the, out the fucking window immediately yeah so everything we thought we knew was completely shattered yeah, even in that moment though like I was like, oh fuck, they're gonna die. Like they're dead. There's no way. Yeah, no like to save them. You know when you, it, it was the, it was when we were going like, oh, go save the chance. Because right before that, 
what uh Terrico did like some little time thing or like sang Zelda's lullaby. Yeah. And at that point it felt like there was a tone shift It's like we can do something about this. Yeah. And then we go Yeah, the beasts weren't fully corrupted. Yeah. Yet. And then again the the music in this game is so good might be better than the original breath of the wilds i mean breath of the wild didn't have much music in it aside from it had less music in it because of the tone it was going for with you traversing the wild yeah Yeah. but you obviously had like boss themes and uh specific stage themes like hyrule castle the music fit its purpose in that game where this one the music's much more triumphant yeah exactly and high energetic stuff like that. much more what you would expect from legend of zelda yeah traditionally anyway so so good and you just get there and you see like the arrow or the spear fly through the portal (sighs) and you're just like no fucking way this is what they're doing at that point you're like okay i need to play breath of the wild first that was the first thing right that's the first thing and then it's like oh you get to play as them now because i know there was like before you play those stages or like the the pulsing of the two uh characters i was oblivious i was like i don't know what that is uh no that's probably something i don't i don't know what that is i was too worried i was already like fixated on like what is going to happen right now yeah and then they're like oh you get to play as these characters and they have crazy fucking movesets sidon is dual wielding tridents uh riju's riding patricia Patricia. i thought it was petunia for a second patricia Patricia, you're right and then yunobo's yunobo you don't get to play as yunobo and teba in that sequence but you eventually do yeah teba's fun he's he's teba's really cool because you got to like fly around and shoot like literal machine guns threads of arrows yeah then yunobo i'm not the biggest fan of but i've come around on him actually he's okay uh he's just definitely not as damaging as i'd like him to be but did not take away from the hype factor and then the final battle with this new calamity yeah the blood moon comes up yeah and then you also have like you know astor and the harbin and like you know the two different terracos and suga as well and koga switching sides (laughs) my guy (laughs) and king rome being alive and you get to fight as him too like this game does not hold he he dones the old man outfit which is you get to change styles on the fly he holds he wields a royal claymore and a woodcutter's axe oh so cool just it's so good beyond my wildest dreams of what whatever could be done and now just the fact that time travel exists in that game makes me think like what are they gonna do for of the wild too you know yeah. put the speculation up to 11 obviously if you guys have heard our uh our breath of the wild 2 theory video or fuck podcast. Uh, podcast episode you know about all that but yeah I, I think that's where i'll stop breath of the wild and age of calamity excuse me more so breath of the wild just amazing it has completely cemented zelda as because i never grew up playing zelda but this like from now on i am gonna be with this series probably for the rest of my life yeah i i couldn't agree more with everything you just said and i feel like you should save your specific stuff right tyler this is actually the zelda slot for both of us Um, no way but it's a different zelda yeah coming at number four at a 94 out of 100 it's the sequel to the Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild that's not out yet. Are you serious? It's that good already. All oh I needed, all fucking... I needed, was a gameplay trailer, and this is going to be one of the best games ever made. I'm fully convinced. 
imagine when we get a real trailer. It might jump up to like number two. Like I might just knock on the door of the number one spot. It's incredible. Link has a robotic arm. He's doing things with the Sheikah Slate. There's a different Link. You get to play as the Ancient One. Uh, you might play, be able to play as Zelda. Ganon's in this one. He wasn't in the last one. It's just, it's that fucking good. And it's going to be five, It's gonna be at least five, six years since the original one came out. I can't wait. We're going to be in the skies of Hyrule. We're going to be fighting new mobs down in the in the overworld. I, well, what's, there's nothing not to love. There could be more heartbreak in this one. We could have, have characters missing from the last game. We could have Age of Calamity ties in. There's just so much. There's just so much potential, and because of that alone, and the gameplay trailer from E3, it's got to be my number four. It has had to take the top five. It's a 94 already. I don't see it getting any lower. I can only see it getting higher. And if everything goes to plan, this game's gonna be number one one day, uh, whenever it comes out. But yeah, the sequel, the untitled sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Is my number four coming out in twenty twenty two? Did you rehearse that? That was like in one breath. No, but I. Oh my god! I told you I had a meme pick in there. Was oh, there that was. was your meme pick. There it was. So are you telling me you have Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, or sorry, you have Hyrule Warriors, Breath of the Wild, and the sequel to Breath of the Wild in different slots on your list? This just the same as I have Platinum, Black and White, and Heart Gold Souls. This Silver. is why I did the secondary slot <laughs> thing okay yeah number four it's gonna be that fucking good guys i get excited get to play on the oled i can't believe you typed that into your into your slot <laughs> i'll show you a sequel to the sequel to the legend of zelda breath of the wild right there the number four slot <laughs> oh my <laughs> okay it it's your list so i can't exactly fault you for that i'm pumped I'm really excited. Best game you've ever played. It's one of them. <laughs> well, how about off the heels of that? You you can go ahead and say your number your number three okay. first. Number three, I pro is an actual game. <laughs> this okay. One, this one came out. It was it's been played by people and people. It's one of those games that has uh this is the greatest game ever discussion. It's in that discussion. Uh, came out in 2007 from Nintendo. Oh. Brought to the Switch. Mm-hmm. Just last year, in a collection, whether you think of it or not, uh, it's this game's worth the sixty dollars alone. It's in your honorable mentions. Super Mario Galaxy, the original, ninety four out of one hundred, which means that both Super Mario Galaxy games are also on this list, but they're that good. I, I, there's nothing really else to say that hasn't already been said about this game. I love everything about it. It's perfect for me. I, for the first off, just space, like the environment of space, is just. I, I personally have a vested interest in space. Like, I just I think everything in space is so cool. So, getting to play as Mario there and getting to do all these different things and seeing all these different plants is just a kid's dream from 2007. Just like a kid's personal pipe dream. I'd play the game more if my, my Joy-Cons weren't fucking sponges right now. But, same. regardless, the, it's a Mario story. It introduces Rosalina. Gets a lot of points there. Oh, uh, she, yeah. She's, she's really cool. Mm-hmm. Luma, the whole spin attack feature, the... Uh, what the hell the observatory you get the whole like big oh, yeah. observatory yeah. you get to explore get more get more power stars fuel it up and 120 stars in total then i think the way they do the post game stuff is also really good too as far as like the the like the comet stars the, the green stars the green and stars luigi all. yeah luigi's in the mix you get to play as luigi you can no longer play as luigi you can play as there's a bunch of memes about that yeah. <laughs> so, I, soundtrack is 
perfect, phenomenal. perfect, phenomenal. It, really good looking game too. Like even yeah. for 2021, like really good visually. 14 years later, assuming they did nothing to it as far as yeah. the collection goes. Yeah. And just the way the Mario, the way Mario moves, I think is perfect. I think it's flawless. It suits motion controls perfectly. Uh, a lot of you may not not know this, but Mario 64 was actually or Mario Galaxy was in development for like 10, 12 years because. They had this thing called Mario 128 after Mario 64 came out. And that was basically just like the birth of the idea for Mario Galaxy. Sunshine obviously came out in between as far as 3D Mario goes. But that was basically the idea for Mario. It tr- it transcended everything. Super, Super Mario 64 introduced 3D Mario and Galaxy just took it to new heights. It literally. You know, uh, t- t- another pun. Fuck. Uh, man, well, we, we are, we are killing slinging shit. these yeah, things. Yeah, we are killing shit today with the puns. But... I, Super Mario Galaxy, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's pretty to look at. It's fun to play. I will never grow tired of it. I'm so thankful it came to the Switch last year and I got to play it again. Just be like, wow, this game is really as good as I remembered it back when I played it in 2007, 2008. But mm-hmm. yeah, 94 out of 100 Super Mario Galaxy. Another game that might just might just stay in the top five forever. I don't know, but it's that good. I I think very highly of it. I think it's the best Mario game ever made. I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's not on my list. It is. I I had it on my list at one point, but you know, shifts happened and it ended up in the honorable mentions. But definitely my favorite Mario game of all time. It's yeah. I don't know. Just the just the feeling that I get yeah, when I play the game. That's basically what it is. Yeah. And the way that it Mario's always really good at handling like multiple sort of. I don't want to say tones because that sounds like I'm talking about the story, but just like the tones of different levels. Like it can have a one level that's completely different from the other, and it all still feels coherent. Like the first level of the game, massive like orchestral opening. You're planet hopping from from planetoid to planetoid, and you fight this big boss at the end. And then you have some stages where it's like the bee kingdom, <laughs> the, yeah, the bee kingdom, or it's like a really like a really small like challenge, like a little funky tune uh like the the candy world where you have to jump over all those moving platforms uh but it all fits in like the same game so well and i don't know how they do it i think the environment fits it perfectly too it's just different planets yeah i was about to say space space just kind of like the infinite sandbox you can put whatever you want in there because anything can be there yeah uh i feel like the space aspect more comes in like the gravity and like the fact that like you can look around and you just see void and Mm -hmm. stars and and all sorts of stuff rather than just being on earth uh and the fact that you know it also lends itself to like the launch star so you like are traveling vast distances you know all over the place and it it just has a really interesting feeling it feel it's like the de facto mario game for me it, yeah i couldn't agree or more. at least the de facto 3d mario game for me even like more so than odyssey and 64 galaxy is just galaxy one is just the the coolest mario game i, I think, think so too just, for sure yeah and and bowser like all of ba- all the boss fights i found like really intimidating the first time i actually played the game yeah because the way that they're able like the bosses you know based on like their size most of the bosses are like really big but the i don't know how they do it but the fact that like you can like move around like with the gravity mechanics and the way that mario moves like they feel way more daunting mm-hmm. to to face uh, especially with with Bowser uh, and his you know progressively crazier fights where like the the environment is falling around all around you 
you yeah. know, just have to climb up to get to him. You have Bowser Jr., who's for some reason like six feet tall. It's huge. In this game, like sitting next to Peach, he is taller than her, which I always found interesting. Yeah, no, definitely a little weird. But yeah, again, like all the plants are so cool. I love this. I love the observatory. Oh, yeah. I think it's just such a really unique locale. And I always loved like getting on those like little moving platforms and getting all the hidden one ups. And then eventually you get the red star and you can fly around, which I wish was used in more levels because it was so cool. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, nothing really else to say on Mario Galaxy. It's just a phenomenal game. It's worth 3D All-Stars alone by like, itself. If you ask me tomorrow what my favorite games were, it could easily take one of the spots in this list. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, I've al- I've already told you guys many times that this is my least favorite thing to do is to rank games because <laughs> I'm so bad at it. So, like, yeah, it, it's just amazing. I'm I'm glad that it's on your list because yeah, I really wanted to talk about it still. It's, it's a, yeah, it's a phenomenal game. Nothing else to say about it. All right. Well, I guess ninety-four out of hundred. Yeah. Oh yeah. Breath of the Wild and Age of Calamity for me was a ninety-five as well. So, are we out of the ninety-fives yet? Nope. One more. (laughs) Uh, Game number three. You definitely know this one is here. Uh, In fact, we talked about it just just about an hour ago. Yep. Three for three. Uh, Game three, developed by Techland, score of ninety-five is Dying Light one. Now. I already talked so much about it an hour ago that there's probably not a whole lot I can add. Let's do it again. But well, well, again, we're just screaming into the echo chamber at this point. We're yelling into the void. We're yelling into the void, and the void can't yell back because it's just us. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, Dying Light, a complete left game, like left field game for me. When it I really first is, got it. isn't it? Yeah, like it. It does not fit like the normalcy of like what I play at all. Like, all of these are, like, Nintendo or, like, you know, at least probably, like, the most violent ones, like Call of Duty, but everyone's played Call of Duty. Yeah, exactly. And then you have this zombie survival game. Yeah, the Call of Duty you picked, you can turn the gore off. Yeah, exactly. But, man, Dying Light just just struck something. And I think at the time I got it, I was like, parkour is the coolest fucking thing on the planet. (laughs) So, when I heard about this game that you you fight zombies by doing crazy parkour moves and kicking them off buildings and throwing your weapon and just slicing them in two. I was super hooked. I didn't, my friend that I played dying light with, uh, for pretty much the majority of its life, man, he got the game first. I got it for him, uh, for his birthday. Cause he was interested in it before I did before I was. So I'm like, you know what? This will be a perfect test opportunity. I'll get him the game. I'll watch him play the it's game an experiment. and see and see how it is and he played it and it was it's probably the most it's probably the goriest game i've ever played uh it is rated m isn't it yeah it's rated m but at that point in my life like again the most violent game i had played up in that up until that point was black ops 2 with the gore off <laughs> so it was a pretty big jump for me uh back when it came out but i mean regardless it was just so fun like just the mechanics the physics of the game like the ragdoll physics when you like smash a zombie off a building and you watch it just tumble off like so many rooftops until it hits the ground and the variety of zombies you have the slow shambling ones which are fun to mess around with because they're so easy to mess around with they're slow moving but if you find yourself on street level and there's a horde of them that's when they get really dangerous you have the virals which kind of retain their human mobility and they 
are able to climb and chase after you on the rooftops uh but they're also just as weak as the other mm-hmm. ones then you have like acid spitters which are like snipers and they shoot gross acid at you you have the demolishers which are like almost like swat members were zombified and turned like gigantic they still have all their like tactical armor on that you need to break through in order to kill them yeah you have the goons which are kind of lesser demolishers slow moving but they have gigantic like rebar that will (laughs) rebar hammers that they'll slam you with and of course the the volatiles probably one of the most terrifying things i've ever seen up in that point in my life gaming just these super mutated like they have like their bottom jaw split open they have like mandibles and it's disgusting and horrifying they can easily one-shot you at the beginning beginning of the game uh and like if you kill you really you i have trouble killing them and i am like way past post game (laughs) like i have the strongest weapons i can get and i am still i still struggle to to kill them but it, it it really created this cool world story isn't crazy or anything but just the environments that they yeah. let you run around and you have kind of two wor- kind of worlds that you can explore you have the slums which is your starting area uh that's i think the biggest area of the two uh not as many tall buildings but a lot more variety in sort of where you can go like there are a lot of flat areas and there are a lot of distinct like parkour areas that you can go to uh and then you have old town which is all which is very much like consistent throughout they're just really tall buildings yeah. which i like playing on that map more uh you know really tall buildings you're playing on the rooftops a lot more uh it's a little safer that way because you're not like if you're on street level you are in danger all the time <laughs> and like the the uh, the weapon system is also great like the combat is really cool you get so many cool upgrades and like new moves as you progress through the game you really feel like like at the beginning of the game you suck like you are you are horrible you can't You're a climb terrible human being like you have a stamina bar like you can't climb for for shit you have to take a break after sprinting but then like at the end you are zombie batman like you are falling from ridiculous heights and surviving you have a grappling hook that's so overpowered like you just go from point a to point b you never it's not like a dip you you just go straight from where your grapple hits uh, and you have like katanas that are electrically charged Fuck and yeah. all sort of weapons or sorry uh ranged weapons aren't really they're powerful but they're pretty rare uh and they aren't used by many people so it's kind of like you know it it's not the main focus of the game uh the melee combat is much more the main focus of the game but firearms are still there i think they're actually honing back on firearms in the second game that's how you know that's how crazy they want to go with the melee combat uh but yeah again story not great but um the the voice acting is still okay i think Uh, a lot of people think this voice acting is bad i think it's all right uh your main character kyle crane uh is voiced by roger craig smith the voice of sonic the hedgehog legend uh and mirage from apex legends so a super true, rec- a true legend yeah super recognizable voice and like seriously he he did a really good job as crane in this game like he carries the, the voice acting <laughs> the voice acting uh just to to new heights it it's hilarious his lines are always he's super sarcastic and he swears all the time and it's really funny but and, and just playing with friends is also amazing as well just you know just running around just screwing around and, and doing whatever you want but 
Uh, also, the this is one of the games that really made me appreciate Easter eggs. Yeah. In games, like in open world games specifically, because there there's a Mario Easter egg in this game, which is really. <laughs> I cool. think I did know about this. Yeah, you you go to like this one rooftop, and there's a little green, a little tiny green pipe coming out of the chimney, and you interact with it, and you are put into a replica of a World One One from the original Mario Brothers. And there's a hidden block. It's invisible. You have to know where it is. And you hit it, and you get the Paisa suit, which is kind of like a wing suit. Uh, so it kind of references the, like Tanuki Mario, yeah. basically. And you know, all the zombies are dressed as Goombas, and you even slide down a fi- uh, a, a flagpole with fireworks at the end. That's awesome. And it, and then you just are plopped back out on the rooftop. You know, it's it's really cool. I want to do you, that again. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's it's super sick. Uh, there's a Legend of Zelda Easter egg. Uh, you can find a blueprint for the... I think it's like called the Twilight something. Uh, obviously, a reference to Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it's the Master Sword. <laughs> it's just the Master Sword. Uh, there are... There's a there's a random cave that will spawn infinite enemies for you to like keep shooting until eventually it's like, you know... I think it says something about like, you know, cheating or like, you know, as of, as of this patch... This exploit is now done. That's a reference to Destiny in the Loot Cave, uh, which is a famous cave that kept spawning enemies. You could grind endlessly for for loot, uh, and uh, and there's like this random island in the middle of the river where if you go out and you hold X, on, there's a zombie with a sword stabbed through his chest, and if you hold X on it for like I think you have to hold it in for like three minutes, the bar goes so slow on God this damn. interact meter, and then you get the EXP caliber you know excalibur yep. but exp uh and it's just again just another cool weapon the zombie corpse catches on fire and fades away it's pretty cool you can go on top of this again a random out of the way building and if you kick this box i think like 50 times or something it'll finally open and you'll get a mach- and you'll get a blueprint for a machete that has one of the developers names on it that's also uh, correct cool. these these easter eggs kind of feel like they are part of the world which is why I think they're really cool. Like, obviously, in lore, they don't make sense, right? Yeah. Why is there a pipe that leads you to this? Or why is... This shouldn't be here. Yeah, why is there this random cave that you can swim into that spawns all these enemies? But the fact that they're integrated into the world, where it's like... It's kind of like this is part of the world, I think is really cool. That That's is cool. Yeah, I, I don't know why exactly that appeals to me. Like, there's a... In the DLC, the following, there is a... A Harry Potter house oh. and you you go into this house and you spin this little skull that's underneath the, the staircase you know where Harry Potter's room would be and then you're shut into this house all the doors close all the windows close you can't get out and then ghosts like mercenaries pop out of the ceilings and floors and you have to kill them in order to get out which I don't know I just think it's really cool there's like alien Easter eggs like a big Easter egg where you go around and you find these stones there's just so many secrets in the in these worlds. The following DLC adds like you can drive you can drive around this customizable car that you can put all these weapons on. It's like a little dune buggy, and you and your friend can have their own cars. So you can have multiple people driving cars around this vast open like field. It's it's just so cool, and like this game is just cool. <laughs> That's the best way to sum it up. Yeah, there's there's nothing that I can say that would probably convince you otherwise but this game has just it's it's dumb fun it's so cool and it just feels fun to play yeah like i 
I've talked about before how I will just sometimes boot up the game and just go parkour around the city for a little bit. It's almost like a zen-like experience, which is kind of ironic considering you were in the middle of an apocalypse. But Yeah, apocalyptic games will do that to you. Yeah, I mean, we just talked about one. We did. But, yeah, Dying Light always holds a special place in my heart. Cannot wait for the sequel. And now even just the complete edition coming out on Switch. So, yeah, Dying Light... If you have a chance, pick it up. I think it's like always discounted now. Uh, if you're, you know, looking for a game to play, definitely I would recommend. Dying Light is one of the biggest recommendations I can make. And that's that. Top two. Uh, do you want to go first? You want me to take uh, it? You can go first on this one. All right. Because I'll talk a lot about mine. <laughs> Number two for me. Uh, a game that I have recently played in the grand scheme of things. Um, uh, another game that a lot of people make the argument is this is the greatest game of all time. Uh, considering the company that made it, it is the last good game they have made because it is the. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is the last big like this is the this was the next big. This is the game they made before they made the one they just released, which got shit on because CD Projekt Red made it. Ah, uh, I see. Game of the year 2015, The Witcher Three, Wild Hunt is number two two at a 95 out of 100 uh, this game when i played it it was like breath of the wild before breath of the wild it's an open world rpg it made me a huge fan of just the witcher lore and everything it came with and i loved every second of me playing it i'll admit i probably didn't get the best experience because i played it on the switch where you know frames weren't that great compared to what is now it's compared just to ps4 and xbox xbox versions and now the ps5 and xbox series x i think are getting these huge additions and installments to it but alas the game i think it's fucking awesome i think the story is awesome i think everything about it's awesome the combat's fun uh, the characters are really likable i think uh, Geralt's a he's an interesting protagonist he's not really relatable because i can't really relate to someone who doesn't have any feelings or like emotions and just wants to kill mon- just wants to kill monsters and fucking get money but yeah okay. <laughs> some are saying he's living the dream but yeah i there's the decisions you make that they impact the story going forward there's emotional heart there's like emotional ties it's kind of weird this game's that high because i remember taking like a good two-month break from it and just not playing it and yeah. then I, was, I saw it when i'm like i'm just gonna pick this up and end up just cruising right along through it the cities and everything the world is just it's so there's so much stuff in it it's full nothing feels empty the the, there's just a lot of life in the game I, just, I appreciate everything i appreciate everything about it it's not grindy uh, it felt grindy to me because i'm not good at it but i think the the final sequences of the game are just awesome where you can recruit which i didn't do because i didn't know you could do it but you can recruit like a bunch of people you've come across throughout the game mm-hmm. like certain people in different cities that you help them on quest with because you need their help to fight off the the wild hunt which is this big um this your main enemy and I didn't know you could do that, so I ended up with like five people fighting an entire fucking army. But I can get like a little. I know I could build my own. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. I just think it's. I think it's awesome. I think it's a great experience. Uh, it, one game of the year for a reason, obviously, because it's it's that good. People have wanted another Witcher game made. I don't think we're getting it now. It's been six years, but clearly they're doing just fine with this one. There's plenty to do. There's plenty to see, and there's plenty to enjoy. And I just. I would recommend this game to anybody. Uh, if you have a if you have a console that can run it better, I would suggest playing it on that. Did not not the bash Nintendo at all. It's just a very big game and a lot to put in it. But yeah, The Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Uh, really weird how it came in into this number two slot. But I was just playing. I was just going through, and I'm like, you know what? This game probably deserves to be here. 
because it's probably a lot of people's number one. And the Netflix show is doing; they're going to dive into the video game war, which I cannot wait for. Oh yeah, yeah. I just I've already said the, the monsters are freaky. I'm not really big on like horror, so like I could never play Dying Light because I would just get <laughs> I wouldn't I would sleep for six hours in a span of two weeks. But yeah, yeah. I, it just does everything really well. There's so much technical elements that there's to learn. There's so much like combat elements you need to learn. There's a lot in the world that I've already said that you can explore and check out. The soundtracks, the soundtrack's really good. I think the scenario is really good. Like I, I can't really say anything about voice acting because you know it's it's okay. It's nothing special, but yeah, I think you play this game for the story and just the epic moments it has. And I think Geralt and Siri are just a great duo. Siri's really fun to play as mm. because you do get to flip flop back and forth between the two until they do end up meeting, and you get to play as both at the same time at the end, which is really just awesome. You just live for that. But yeah, what's your three wild hunt? Probably a probably a, sh- a bit of a shock but it's it's that damn good and i think it i would if i were if the once i will the ps5 into my life when i'm done playing my 355 hours of final fantasy 7 remake <laughs> i'll probably get this game again and give it a shot on better hardware and just see what we can do with it yeah a definite surprise for me i did not think it would be that i i thought it might be on your list but i didn't think it'd be that high I don't know. It's really, just really good. It, it, everything about it's just really good. I went on Metacritic to see where they had it. A little did I know, Metacritic ranks games from every game. Like, Witcher 3 was on there five times on five different platforms. Like, I didn't know they did that. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I think it's that good. The Switch version, obviously not the best, like, compared to PS, PlayStation, Xbox, whatever, PC even. But mm-hmm. it, it runs fine. Uh, it doesn't look great, but, you know... I've seen other people play it, and I've seen it look how it looks on there. It looks phenomenal. And for 2015, just a really, really impressive game. And a game that kind of came out of nowhere because The Witcher 1 and Witcher 2 Assassins of Kings, they were good. Nothing people were really arriving home about. But the, the Witcher 3 Wild Hunt was the one that really just got people invested in this in the series and the lore. And pe- it's just it's, it's awesome. People love the game, and it's probably pe- people probably love it so much. This is why they got a show based off the books all that stuff it's you know everything about it i really really enjoy and i think you know once once the backlog settles down might be a game i come back to yeah i mean i i knew that witcher 3 was a good game as soon as it came out my friend who i had mentioned that was playing dying light with me uh he played that all the way through he said it was great gerald's just become a really recognizable character in gaming because of witcher 3 smash brothers question mark i was lit we were on we were on the same fucking wavelength i was about <laughs> to ask you what you would do if if he was the last dlc fighter you, funny enough i think there's a chance like I, yeah i hadn't thought about it in a while but now that like, it's a I'm, small chance but it's a chance and i think it'd be fucking awesome uh the world would burn because it's another sword fighter yeah. but he does enough extra things he has spells he has different kinds of magic he can use he would have a he would have a counter because he's a counter in the game, uh, yeah. but he's just like a different he's just a different animal. They would give I think they give him potions where he can like just like enhance his like that would be like his buff essentially because mm-hmm. like every DLC character kind of has like a buff almost yeah. like Sephiroth has the wing Joker has the persona, mm-hmm. uh, hero has the fucking one hit kill. Um, God, Gerald versus Sephiroth would be a really raw match. That would be it'd be a little monster a little monster slayer ver- a Witcher versus a one winged angel would be awesome. But I mean, speaking of monster, I mean. Monster Hunter World had an event where Gerald was in it. Like, we fought a Leshen. <laughs> like, they added, like, Gerald fell through a portal into the Monster Hunter World, and 
we you hunted Alessian as him. That's awesome. Like, and there's a they added his uh his swords uh, as a weapon, as a craftable weapon that you can use in the game. That's awesome. Uh, so that's kind of how I that was my only gameplay experience with Gerald ever. I think Arondite is the name of the sword that he uses, at least in which yeah, I think there's a, I think it was called like the Silver Swords or something. Yeah, in the just, game. there's a steel sword and silver sword. So. I, I'm not sure if they made it a sword and shield or dual swords. I think I think it's probably dual swords. He doesn't have a shield, as far as I can. Yeah, remember. I think it was probably dual swords that they made, but yeah, he's two. I think they also added like the Ignis spell. Yeah, that's the fire as, spell yep. as an item. That's awesome in, in Monster Hunter. So you can just use that, and that's what you had to use against the Leshen to get rid of its like like it summoned crows around it and the lesson the lesson is like a really hard fight in in monster hunter world like that wasn't a limited time thing either it stayed in the game that's awesome so that that's how i kind of that's my only witcher experience really. hey, better than nothing but yeah when i heard that was coming i'm like oh hey i, I like i knew gerald you knew by him, name yeah because yeah, he was it was just that impactful of a game like i had heard praise about it for months after its release so i knew it was a great game yeah still haven't had the chance to play it myself but then follow it up with cyberpunk oh boy yeah that's rough yeah CD project red uh, as i would say a very rough turn of events for that God, company you go from sky high to rock bottom but yeah exactly that's number two for me 95 tyler i have a feeling i know one and two yeah and i have a feeling they're from the same franchise uh, yes <laughs> same franchise not the same series but yeah so which one's which is the question well number two we're breaking out of the 95 this is a 97 uh i won't beat her on the bush developed by game freak uh game number two for me is pokemon heart gold Ah, version all right mainline takes second mainline takes the second place let's get it let's get into it i mean it was on my list let's get into it fully now i mean i think heart gold soul silver are the this is the definitive pokemon game like when i think pokemon this is the game that i think of do you agree with that well no i don't think of this game first but i would never bash anyone who says i assume you were thinking of gen 5 like black and white platinum i would think of platinum platinum. okay that's fair i mean they're in the same generation gen 4 is like gen 4 would be okay so gen 4 yeah that'd be the first generation i think of. yeah but uh, at least for me heart gold and soul silver are the like the definitive like if i had to recommend a single pokemon game i I would recommend i'd recommend heart gold i think i'd recommend those games too just there's because just there's so much to do. So I was gonna say there's so much to do. The challenge of those games is actually pretty like good, I think, in mo- like when compared to most Pokemon games, because the Johto Pokedex does not have a lot of like r- super strong like fully evolved Pokemon in it. No, it doesn't. Uh, obviously, you have the Kanto ones that are you know Kanto and Johto are very much intertwined with each other. Uh, I mean, they might as well just be one reason. Cause yeah, one literally, region, cause literally every- and geographically, they're intertwined. Yeah, because there's not been a Johto game that has not had Kanto in it. So, I mean, who, who was it? Uh, Iwata who was able to code that so that they were able to fit Kanto in yeah, there in the he's, first place. Yeah, he's, he's a champion. Literal genius. But yeah, Harkold Soul Silver. There's so much content to do. Two whole regions. Like when you beat the the main story is already like you know a pretty decent time to beat and then you have the entire kanto region mm-hmm. to go through and you know obviously you have 
I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Like, I, I've had this game for so long. Like, I have the original cartridge that I have had since it came out all of those decade, like an, over a decade ago now. 2010. Yeah, so it... <laughs> I know. It's ins- I remember going... I remember going to the store it was like to- i think toys r us that was still in business back then they had Pokemon i went heart gold i went over. to the store and i saw and they're like handing out like coloring pages of Ho-Oh and lugia with like whenever you co- get a copy of the game you know i got Ho-Oh and heart gold obviously uh, did you have the pokey walker ever i did i did too i had it i think the last i know the last pokemon i had in there was a tauros before i lost it oh no he's gone yeah that tauros is probably level 100 by now (laughs) but yeah he he's gone i don't know where but i i thought that was so cool pokewalker was really cool pokewalker was awesome if they brought that back i would i would be screaming with glee Oh yeah, uh, it's kind of like a Tomodachi sort of thing. Yeah, I'd wear that shit proudly. Walk around yeah. campus with a with a fucking squirtle on my head. I mean, now with Pokemon Go, it's kind of redundant. Yeah, but it'd still be a pretty cool novelty. I kind of wish I kept it around, but I was a dumb kid back then. I've told you all about all the save files I've deleted from this fucking game. I was so stupid back then. I was then. the same as you, though. I would constantly delete yeah. save files and just replay. I remember talking to you about it. I don't know why. Like, back then, I remember talking to you about, like, deleting my save file. I don't know why I did that before. Like, I deleted my diamond save file. It had a fucking shiny Psyduck on it. I don't know why I did that. But even so, like, I've played through this game so many times. Like, I think my first starter there was a Chikorita. I've played through Woo! it with- <laughs> let's go he's he's meganium's right here box art legendary uh, but you know i played through meganium i played through for alligator i played through with uh, typhlosion i've pl- played through just so many times with different team members i have so many fond memories of beating you know the the elite four and like rematches and obviously what is considered to be the like one of the ultimate pokemon challenges beating red which you will never be on like the same level battlefield as him absolutely not you will never be his like leveled pokemon pretty much never like you have to beat him while under leveled is basically or you have to grind immensely or transfer over uh, your level 100 infernape from your diamond to beat red which is what i did (laughs) but yeah i i don't know just the i don't know the feeling of harkold I I I'll go into how about I go into I'll I was thinking about this at work I'll go into why I think Harkold fits better than Soul Silver for the Johto region. Okay, go for it. Because I always have a preference for Heart Gold, mostly because I think back in the day I was like Gold is better than Silver, so I'm gonna get the Heart Gold. <laughs> but after playing it, like I don't know, like I think the lore of Ho-Oh is more directly integrated into Johto. Than Lugia's I, is. I think you're right. Because you go to Ecruteak City, you are you have to go to Ecruteak City. You know, you see the legendary dogs. They are the roaming legendaries are directly linked to Ho-Oh. Yep. And instead, and like at the climax of the game, when you go to catch the legendary, instead of going to the Whirl Islands, which I don't think you ever have to go to. No, before the Whirl you... Islands are kind of just in the middle of nowhere. Where yeah, like Ecruteak you... City, you're going to like the staple part of that city. Yeah, Ecruteak City is like the city that I think defines johto as a region and I, you go back to where you were you fight the the kimono girls in ecritik city and then you go up to the bell tower which is you know you see that gate when you go in there but you can't access it you finally go in you climb the tower in that city that you you were there like really early on mm-hmm. and then you see you know ho descend 
from the sky uh, with you know the bells ringing around the top of this tower and you fight him and you catch him. And you thunder punch him and forget to save. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Golder version. Uh, but that being said, I think Lugia like the simple act of like encountering the legendaries is equal terms as Lugia bursting out of the waterfall. That's so cool. So cool. Like on the DS, it was super cool to see him come out of there. Both legendary themes are great. Yeah. I just always thought Ho oh, Ho's is way better. I'm sorry. I was Lugia. Say, oh yeah, Ho's battle theme just so funky and so catchy. Oh yeah, it's so good. Lugia's is kind of just like a drag to be honest. Yeah, and again like Johto is kind of like the more it's kind of like more traditional Japan, you know. Yeah, I've it's, always loved that about it's, it. It's probably like the least technically advanced. I mean, obviously you have Saffron City. Yeah. Uh, and you know, that's a pretty big city, but like the rest of the region it's very wild. It's very you know old traditional it's very much like kanto but i feel like it it has more of a theme of tradition you know the earlier pokemon games didn't have too much like theming no going into their story but yeah speaking of story since we're on the subject uh i i i it's kind of weird i've been thinking about how i wanted to present this i really i kind of like the story that they have going there it's not on the fact that it stands on its own per se but on the fact that it's kind of an extended epilogue of gen one yeah it it feels like you're living in the world as red left it you know which yeah he didn't leave it that great yeah i mean you know team rocket is you know back again they're trying to be you're trying to revive you have the admins that you have to face for the first time trying where to find giovanni yeah and i was about to say they're trying to find giovanni he's vanished because of red's actions uh and because of your actions in the celebi event like you literally time travel back you fight giovanni and you stop him from returning like as as your character is going to the uh the radio tower in the in the base timeline your your future self goes back and beats giovanni so that he in some random cave so he doesn't have to so he doesn't come back which i always thought was insane that is really cool but then you see like you know some returning characters blue is a gym leader now he took giovanni's place uh you see lance is the, is the champion now uh and you know Bru koga has moved up from gym leader to elite four and you know then you have new faces like will and karen that have taken the place of agatha and lorelei uh that are no longer there it's just it it feels like i don't know it it feels like in in golder version where gold says it's kind of like sloppy seconds I can see some people saying that it's very much similar to Gen 1, but yeah, I like the fact that it's, I don't know, it just feels like you are playing through the world that Red left behind, you know, and that, you, wrong with that. you just happen to be the kid that kind of is traveling through it. It almost feels like you're not even like directly impacting the events, even though you are, it just kind of, it feels like you're just in this world you know yeah. and that it has history and that you're just kind of it's bigger than you and you're just in it that, that's how i always felt when i'm playing it yeah and because all the routes are like super expansive and there's so many different like you know ways to go through the routes and so many secrets and you know if you have pokemon with certain hms you can go all over the place i think that's something that is really missing from the newer games is expansive routes yeah which i know is much harder to do in 3d but in galar it's just a straight line it's not basically there's nothing to it there, there's really no like deviation or like cave systems that go off the beaten path and or, or anything like that you know 
say what you will about Unova being literally just a circle, uh, the routes still have a lot of like different variations to them. Mm-hmm. Like you can go to, you know, they have different parts of them. Like you know, there might be some, you know, some of that rare grass over here, like different items or a or a cave. But in in Galar and the newer ones, it's really just nothing. It's really just you go straight from one locale to the other, and the routes are kind of inconsequential. That's just where you catch your Pokemon. Yeah. But Harkold, I always felt, was super... It just felt so big. and Still does this day. Yeah, like, playing through it again and again, I'm just like, wow. If I didn't have Fly, it would take me, like, an hour to get from this city to the <laughs> next if I got lost or something. It would something. take you a long time. But, I don't know. I just really like the feel of it. It's... It is my it's my baby like is that yeah. is my that is my Pokemon game. It has has always been always will be. Apparently, it's worth three hundred dollars if you sell it now. I feel bad for people who want to play this game and you know since they don't sell it anymore, you this have to buy it secondhand. This is why we need a Let's Go version of it. I wouldn't be mad about that. Or just bring the DS version of Nintendo Switch Online. I wouldn't be mad about a Let's Go Johto just because the title is so fucking it writes itself. It's yeah. so catchy. But yeah, I would absolutely that is playing that game again on the Switch, like just just needs, a port, just you know, just with online needs. To, I would absolutely be over the moon. For the record, Cyndaquil is your primary starter from that region, right? Like my favorite starter, you mean? Your primary one, like when you pick one, like you pick this one the most. Oh, the most often, probably. Yeah, I I do tend to go with Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil is kind of like. I feel as the de facto Johto starter. I think Totodile is a close second, and then unfortunately Checkerito falls behind. But I would always pick Totodile when I was younger. Yeah, I. I think I've only played through each time, each time with him once though. Okay, so because yeah, yeah, I I reset with Meganium first, then I went to Feraligatr, and then I went to uh, my current one, Typhlosion, which I was, I still have today. I would pick Trickerita now just because I have to die on that hill. Yeah, me too. I I love Meganium, man. He's a beast. So good. Just Giga Drain, everything. It's <laughs> such good survivability, uh, at least in a playthrough standard. In competitive, don't use Meganium. Uh, but isn't this the game that introduced the Pokeathlon? It is. I remember grinding out those events. I remember grinding them out too. <laughs> way back when to get to like the, you know, you get to go deeper into like the uh, what's it called it's kind of like the museum that's underneath and you will see your pokemon's records and then you can go all the way to any of like statues of your pokemon yes at the very end it's really cool it was so cool i i remember that was on the save file i deleted because i'm an idiot but i like i got all the way to the end and i was like this is so cool uh i most of my pokemon that i have in my current one i didn't catch a lot of pokemon so i don't have a lot that are like specialized in like the different events so i can't get as far this time but i mean heart gold is you know one of my most recent fond memories in in gaming is finishing that three-year-old save file that i never finished because i got to red at like level fucking 50 or something dusted dusted completely but then you know i did that whole thing where i grinded out the lucky egg due to some advice from my college friends and I finally beat Red. I have my shiny Rhyperior on that save file still. I don't know. It It's just a game that is timeless to yeah. me. And in my life specifically, like I've had it forever, it feels like. And it will be the Pokemon game that I will always compare everything else to. That is my baseline. 
and I think it is I think it's the best. I I needed to choose one Pokemon game to be on here, one main series Pokemon game to be on here. You know, I I thought about Black and White too. I thought about the original Black and White, but this uh, was it. But the, the choice was always obvious. Yeah, it, Pokemon it, it, it was Heartgold for me. So number two on your list, number twelve on mine. But regardless, both of us are in the camp of those are one of the best, one of the best, if not the yeah. best, depending on how you view it. And that, ladies and gentlemen, brings us to the grand finale. Where if you've listened to us for long enough, you already know what these games are. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. It, there's no. There's no real like hiding it or anything anymore. No. You know what these games are if you've listened to us for I don't know just season two. If you just listen to all season two, you know what these games are. Yeah, any amount of time really. <laughs> My number one, ninety to have a hundred. Towers number four. It's Legends of Breath of the Wild. It's where you have more personal attachment to Age of Calamity. I have way more personal attachment to Breath of the Wild, which is why it's one of the many, one of the 98 reasons you could say it's up this high. Of course, man. Tell tell the story. I always love hearing the story. The story this. of Breath of the Wild for me is, it starts way back. So my, my uncle, huge Zelda fan. I remember back when I was younger, I lived in New York and he still lived with, he still lived, he was like still around. I remember watching him play Twilight Princess on the Wii, which I, I remember watching him play Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword and... You know, he just always he always loved it, and twenty seventeen Christmas comes around, and big family Christmas. He has a Switch, which I had already asked for a three DS, as I wanted to play Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, because I this is this is the Colby where I'm getting back into the Nintendo swing of things. I'm coming out of retirement, so to say. Yeah. And I get a Switch, and I swear to, I play Breath of the Wild for twenty minutes. I'm like, I just need to have this. Like, I know nothing about this game, but I, just, I need to have this. So I get three DS and Pokemon Ultra Moon for christmas i my mom's like i know you want a switch i'm like yeah you do we turn we turn that in and a hundred dollars and get a switch <laughs> and i for a day i own mario kart 8 deluxe which clearly all i needed was a day to get just insanely good at that game yeah but <laughs> a day later my grandfather comes down and this is his first christmas with us i think since he like got separated with my grandma so he's like on his own for the first time with christmas and he was like all right i'll we'll, we'll buy you each like one thing and I usually take like hours and hours, pick one thing I want. I'm like, no, I know what I want. And I went straight to Breath of the Wild. And I just remember like this was it. Like I, I was at home as far as a gaming sense goes. And just everything about it is just the shock factor. The, the, the wow just was so on a different scale that has not been met yet by any other game. It's, it's unbelievable where you said you haven't done 120 shrines. I've done 120 shrines above normal and master mode. I've found <laughs> 200 Koroks. I have, I have, um, I have every armor set in the game. I have, I don't even know all the, all the Sheikah wet, all the Sheikah tech weapons. I have all the runes like maxed out. I've done all, I've done everything you need to do in that game. And like where that, where a game like uh, Dying Light for you, you just go back play and just hop around and do shit. And that's Breath of the Wild for me. While I was running around, just see the world as it is and just roam around it and enjoy every second of it. It's just, I think it's, like it's this one it's it's the last of my three games i think that are the greatest games of all time like at that table at least i think this one is the best case for any of them just because of that wow factor it's it's just fucking incredible like that they were able to build this and looking back on it yeah the, all the delays were worth it and even the sequel which is not even which is gonna be it's gonna be five years since the original five and a half years yeah. since the original came out like i have complete faith in that that's gonna work out too just because this one was so good and it changed 
changed everything, not just for Zelda, but I think Nintendo as a whole. Like, just set a new bar for them, and then they followed up with Odyssey, which is on my list. Then you just keep, then you just really, just the Switch library is probably the best since GameCube, if we're being honest. It's re- it's just that good, and mm-hmm. it's still really early in its life. Don't even have really, like, a, a new, like, enhanced model yet, but still, these games are incredible. And just Breath of the Wild as a whole, sure, you can nitpick the story at not really being there. Sure, you can nitpick Niagara Korok Seeds. Sure, you can nitpick a world. There's no world where there isn't Ganon. You can't really explore a world where he isn't there. I mean, all of his malice, goop, and whatnot. But what you can't deny is that it's one of the best, not just in the Zelda series, but just games ever. And it deserves all the praise it got. It deserves Game of the Year. It deserves deserves the number one spot on my list. It deserves deserves a direct sequel. Just everything it got, it deserves. And it delivered in every way. And it's... It's the game that just it brought me home. It brought me back to <laughs> brought me back to my humble beginnings, where I started out with a GameCube, then a Wii, transitioned to Xbox, and then Zelda's like, it's time, and I'm like, yes, it is, <laughs> and that is why it's number one on my list. And I, honest to God, I think it will be number one forever. Like, I just, that's just how strong I feel about it. Even with the sequel coming out, I I can't really see it even shifting. With, <laughs> even yeah. with the sequel just three slots behind. Uh, <laughs> That's the gap true. between two and one, like it's a ninety-eight and a ninety-five, but like think of it as it's just a fucking Grand Canyon. Like there's there was no there was no doubt about it, which was number one on my list. Which I mean yeah. is the same for you. There is no doubt which was number one on your list. Yeah. Well, I I did want to say something about Breath of the Wild. Go ahead. I, I just think it's it, it. I was thinking about it as you were saying it, but the way that they were able to take a relatively simple set of tools, you know the you know bomb, magnesis, stasis, and Cryonis. cryonis. And then that that's just like the core of the entire game. That, yeah, that's like, all the tools you need. And plus, like you know, sorry, those four, and then you know, a simple four swing combo for you know the the one handed sword, uh, like a two swing combo for a heavy, heavy weapon, weapon, and then the lance. You know, then you have the lance. You know, only three. You know, you have those three weapon types, but you have so many variations of each of them. You have like random modifications that you can find on some of those weapons just they took a relatively simple set of tools that you get out the gate and they just made the entire game around them like every dungeon every little random thing that you find the divine beast like as i say the, the divine beast that's all rune work uh you can just do so many cool things with like you can do so many you can solve so many things unintentionally or in like creative ways by using the runes you yeah can use combined bomb and stasis to launch yourself on this on a rock like 50 miles away <laughs> yeah speed like, run tactics i was about to say get on top of like towers before you're even supposed to be able to get up to them depending on what order you do the divine beast they also give you these you know abilities that you can also use again to just kind of do things in a different order than someone else who's playing the exact same game as you might do i think every single playthrough of this game is different for the first time is like radically different yeah and i think that's so cool because you it really just gives you the freedom to go wherever you want and do anything in any order and the freedom that it the freedom that you feel when you do that is just it's intoxicating yeah I speak. I I need to say it. I think the divine beasts get a really bad rap. I think they're cool as shit. And oh, yeah. the people that like want more traditional dungeons, I get it. Like I get if you want more. 
I gave you one more dungeons, but as far as like what the purpose of they serve in this game, I think they're awesome. The Divine mm-hmm. Beast puzzles are so interesting and cool and obviously when you play the game as much as I have, as much as you have, like you just you, you walk in, you're like, Hey, this, that, this, that, and you're done. You're you're at the blight Ganon. But Yeah, yeah. I just think that I they get a really bad rap. I think the shrines are really cool too. I get the people that say there's 30 blessings, so there's really only 90 shrines to figure out, and even mm-hmm. then, like some of them, they're not even that hard. But I think that the puzzles in, are are great because they're meant. You're not meant to do these insanely like hard puzzles. This link just died. He just woke up from a hundred year like rest, yeah. rest, restoration. This isn't the Zelda even says it like you could you could do all the memories, do all the shrines, get hard stamina, and she's even like, look, you may not have all your power or all your memories, and. Maybe that's why, like, maybe that's what they thought of when they were building this game. Like, we, okay, this is a Link that is coming back into the world and coming back into his true form. Let's not make these super complicated dungeons or whatnot. Where you have a game like Link's Awakening, you find a tool, you you find, you're in a dungeon, you find a tool that helps you solve the dungeon, and then you're done. You never use that tool again. Whereas this game, you always have the tools that help you solve the dungeon. The the four runes, you can use them to kill enemies. You can use them to get to certain places. Mm. You can use them to traverse like certain territory, and you can use them to solve these puzzles, which I think do an amazing job at. And I always thought that was like a like a really weird and unfair argument that people who were like, you know, like the divine beasts aren't that like sophisticated. I'm like, well, maybe they aren't supposed to be. Yeah, I don't want to be stuck on like. I don't know. I I like difficulty in games, but I don't want to be stuck on something for like too long no like if i saw something on first try that that's fine i don't really care i, yeah. I get to i keep that momentum i, I like having that momentum yeah i think i'm smart and i get to keep going <laughs> yeah I, I i convince myself that i'm smart and exactly. i keep going yeah you should keep chugging but also i think the fact that you can for, i think the one big thing that like before the game i was like holy shit how are they going to do this is that you can climb like anything yeah yeah touch and climb anything. like you like you can just latch onto a, a mountain and just climb sheer straight up you don't got to follow a path you don't got to have a certain ability you can just fucking yeah rough it just go. all the way to the top which i again combined with a paraglider it's all the mechanics just flow together so seamlessly and i don't know whether it was like luck that they all kind of just came together like that or how tedious that process must have been to like you know cut certain features or like tweak certain features until they just all felt so well tuned mm-hmm. with each other just that sync the synchronization there is again just intoxicating to watch in motion when you're doing it out in the world yeah so i mean i feel like if we <laughs> i feel like i could talk about this game for ever yeah we can talk about it forever but we're gonna put a bow on it for time's sake tyler go ahead man <laughs> Uh, episode 13 dives much deeper into this game he's about to say if you want to hear more about it <laughs> uh, score of 98 alright nice same as mine I was about to say a we, nearly we perfect up, game nearly in my eyes yes uh, developed by Spike Chunsoft it is I've talked about this game many times it's Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Sky released for the ds i mean it's kind of weird saying that like a ds game is my favorite game of all time handheld game yeah it is kind of weird to like how many ds games i've actually had on this list a lot i actually ran by uh these these picks with with my other friend uh before this episode because he was like oh spoil me i want to know what it what it is (laughs) uh but yeah i 
I don't really know what else I can say, man. Like, you you play this game for the story, I'll say. Like the I, I don't know if this is just a fluke on uh, just in in Pokemon history, but the story in this game is phenomenal. Like the characters are so good, and like this is before this is like no voice acting. These are just sprites on a screen, and it is emotional. It's gripping. It's intense. It's dark it, at yeah. some points. Uh, I'm sure you you remember how we talked about uh, when we did that episode on our favorite characters in gaming. Uh, I I don't know, man. The game is also just really really big as well. I've played it for a hundred plus hours on my current save file, which I did never I never deleted. Good, I I man. wise I wised up, but you know you, this is a part of a trill. You know it's it's kind of like it follows the Pokemon formula. You, you have two games, then you have the sister game, which adds a whole bunch more content is basically the definitive version of the game so yep. you had explorers of time explorers of darkness and explorers of sky explorers of sky is basically the emerald or the platinum uh to diamond pearl ruby sapphire yep and it just adds it doesn't add too much in like during the story during the story it doesn't add too much it keeps it mostly the same uh aside it gives you kind of this extra space to uh get some upgrades it, it adds a little bit of a new location doesn't affect the story at all though yeah uh but where this game really shines is in one or at least where the where the additions to this game really shine are in the post game there are just so many super hard post game dungeons that you can make your way through and just spend hours trying to figure out and go through each provides different challenges you can go after these things called the seven sacred i think it's like the seven sacred treasures or something uh or something like that and i don't think these treasures do anything but you just go out to find them because they are legendary artifacts there's like no story tied to them but a legendary pokemon guards each of them and and you can recruit them if you go into their dungeon and complete it again yeah after getting the treasure uh and you know there are, there's a dungeon specifically around the Regis where you have to use unknown letters and you have to you know f- find specific unknown stones and bring them to the end and you fight Regigigas in this big battle with a whole bunch of his minion Pokemon and you and this other exploration team fight him. Uh, they're just and then you f- you can climb this uh, mountain. I forget the exact name of the mountain, but it's where a bunch of Shaman live. Uh, Explorers of Sky kind of focuses a little bit more on Shaman. Uh, but it is very much a post-game thing. Uh, but you climb this mountain. It's being polluted by this like gang of Grimer and Muck, and you take it out, and you can get to the top of this mountain, and you look over that edge, and it is just pixel art beauty. Like the music is so serene, and like the view alone is worth like going through this grueling dungeon, multiple floors, multiple like pit stops have to be made along the way. It kind of feels like a real mountaineering expedition when you go up on it, which is kind of <laughs> cool. But I think the biggest thing that this game adds to the base game is the side stories that it adds for a bunch of different characters in the game. And it, it it's just, you get to play as these characters uh, through, and you just get to experience their story that you'd never get to experience in the original game. Uh, there are some members of the guild that you're a part of that get their own story. There's You get to play as Bidoof. Uh, <laughs> Legend. I know he's he's not a huge player in the story, but he's always there. You know, he's one of your guild members, and he's always there. You you take him with you on your first uh, 
guild expedition. He's your partner. Thank God. Uh, but you have he. It, I think it goes through him like leaving his home and going off to you know to the guild, and he, you have to fight a Jirachi as a Bidoof. <laughs> That's what this game loses me. <laughs> no, like I, it was like it was. I think it was like Bidoof's wish. He like makes a wish to like. Jirachi's like, I'm gonna fuck you up now. Yeah, he goes and finds Jirachi. And he like, I I forget the exact story deals, but he wants to make a wish to Jirachi. And I thought you were meant to lose the battle because I'm fighting a Steel type with nothing but normal moves. And then it takes me back to the checkpoint, as you, if you like have you win. you have to. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> That took me a while, fighting a Jirachi with a Bidoof, but I did it. I don't think the stat distribution is exactly the same as the main game, or else it would literally be impossible. No. <laughs> but Or I think there are some items that if you give Bidoof to hold, it increases his stats. Uh, you have to fight, I think, like a Haunter or something with a Sunflora. Uh, there, another one of your members is a, is a Sunflora, and uh, she goes on a sort of journey of self-discovery. I think hers is like just before your character goes to the guild but she is already part of the guild yeah so she kind of goes on her thing she i think she's overcome it's more of a personal journey she was kind of cowardly but she kind of overcomes her cowardness and and fights this poison type pokemon and she even acknowledges like this these are poison type pokemon what am i gonna fucking do against these things i'm gonna get washed but yeah you and then the one that i told you about with grovile after he sacrifices himself and takes dust noir to the dystopian future that you and your character are trying to prevent uh, and you and dust noir travel through this future that you're just kind of stuck in so you're just i don't really think there's a purpose to their journey they're just going to find dialga the the perpetrator of this you know anomaly of this massive destruction because he's corrupt and in his primal form and you know they're kind of unwilling allies because dust noir is, a, is kind of the villain of the story and grovile was your former partner but Grovile gradually kind of reforms Dustnoir, and he kind of explains to him his his philosophy on life, uh, which I've I, I talked about in my in that episode that we talked about characters, and I don't remember exactly how it all went right now in the moment, but it's way more profound than you would ever expect from anything Pokemon ever. Yeah. And then you know it's it's like this tragic story, like they are going to disappear. And like you've seen this process happen to your character, it was like a miracle that he even survived his ordeal. So, and then you meet up with Celebi, uh, Grovile's kind of love interest partner thing, and you know you all travel together. And Dust Noir eventually saves you from one of his own lackeys that he had hired to to betray you with him. And you know he takes a full one eighty, and you you have to fight Dialga. Admittedly, this is a better matchup. Than the other ones I've described, you have Grovile, you got Dustmore, you got Celebi, a legendary, against Primal Dialga, and then of course you beat him, and you know you all since they're from the future, and now the the future in the regular timeline has been fixed by you and your partner, so you know the everything in that timeline is being destroyed, uh, you know everyone's disappearing. Uh, Dustmore asks if his, you know, if it was worth it, if he, if he has changed, if he shined like Grovile said that he wanted him to and Grovile said yes immaculately and Dustwar flies away he takes Celebi in his arms and looks at the sunset because time has stopped in that future so they have never seen the sun Rise. come up 
maybe ever or maybe just in an unfathomable amount of time but then they watch the sunset together in their last moments together and then it goes black but of course i told you in that last episode that they survive that timeline is preserved and dialga says that it probably has something to do with someone higher than himself which is kind of implied to be arceus which i think is really cool yeah uh, there's a dungeon around arceus you never get to encounter arceus though like you can't add him to the team or anything but there is a a dungeon that sets your level to level one and then you have to grind your way up through your levels getting your moves back and everything and then you finally reach like a shrine to arceus and he gives you i think there's like a special item that you get but yeah that's just the side stories the main story obviously has its own emotional beats the the partner pokemon that i just call him the partner he doesn't really have a name because he can be any pokemon yeah uh but you know his journey is one that you know the main character and him have a really good back and forth you know main character's trying to figure out how he got turned into a pokemon how he (laughs) even got here yeah his past exactly he's got amnesia and then you know that you know he helps this partner this pokemon that he meets by chance on this beach kind of come into his own and become a true sort of explorer and like a brave explorer and eventually they are fully willing to risk their lives to put their lives on the line to save the world Mm -hmm. and then heroes yeah they become heroes but then it the game just fucking pulls your heart out because you have kept the secret that you are from the future and you are about to disappear and then your partner watches you disappear in front of their eyes and is just sobbing on the ground and the music is just kicked into full gear one of i i literally as a child i cried <laughs> at this game and my mom looked at me like i was fucking insane and but honestly i i don't think even if i knew it was going to happen I, I probably couldn't hold it back because the first time experiencing that i was like oh my god he's dead the, the only other game i've played in this i think the only other game i played in pokemon was diamond up until that point or maybe diamond and heart gold so this was just completely out of left field for me completely different and i know a lot of reviews say that the gameplay style is very repetitive uh which i understand but i don't know man it it really appeals to me like going through these randomly generated dungeons and, and searching around and using the resources and the items that you find in the dungeon to kind of keep yourself alive and kind of preserve your team as you go through and the challenge is like the challenge factor is pretty damn hard uh especially because you are starter pokemon you never evolve until post game because it's messed up yeah you can go to the spring of evolution where pokemon go to evolve you go under this light and if conditions are met you will evolve but you and your partner because of a sp- you because you're from the future him because of like a, some spatial anomaly having to do with palkia uh which you actually get to do later on uh you you can't evolve so you are level you are starter pokemon base form pokemon going up against legend groudon is the second boss in the game <laughs> and then you have to fight dialga and if you do not have the right moves for dialga you will not win because roar of time hits both your pokemon pretty much all the time you you have to use like every item in your arsenal to to have a chance and it, but it's just exhilarating and i don't know man Th- this game more so than any Pokemon game, like made me fall in love with the series, and obviously mainline games, 
kind of catalyzed that that's the main gameplay style you do that's where you meet all your favorite pokemon etc but this game is probably the game that has the most personal attachment to me out of any game i've ever played and i don't think i will ever stop seeing its praises i'm not sure if it will ever be knocked off that number one spot either uh like you with breath of the wild it's just that ingrained in my gaming journey but i mean for those of you who watch the podcast fuck for those of you who have listened to the podcast for any amount of time this was probably an obvious inevitable this was inevitable so but yeah, I, was, I could I, not I, think. It, I, I was five for five. I guessed all your. I knew I, all your five. Years I, years. I was like, no, you didn't. And then I looked at my games. I'm like, God okay, you probably. Know. Yeah, you definitely know all of them. <laughs> uh, you were definitely a surprise for me with your games. I had no inclination of where anything would be. Probably because again, I'm really bad at ranking games, so I'm probably even worse at predicting where you would rank games. That's it. That's the list. But yeah, that's that's a wrap on our. On our big countdown yeah that was a lot that was definitely a lot two and a half hours in for but i mean for episode 100 that's fitting i mean so it's just what has to be done it, it, yeah, the gamers must triumph and triumph we did well, i guess that's also a wrap for season two then season two after a hundred bunch of stuff you can put in there uh, the the post for instagram and twitter is going to be long yeah um i we're taking a one week hiatus yeah um no episode next week but the week after that it will be it'll, for me it'll be uh moving into school and it'll also be season three of the podcast mm-hmm. which we have no idea we're going to change yet but we'll figure it out in the week that we have off we know a little bit uh where we've thrown some ideas around yeah maybe not a well maybe two we can foreshadow a little bit, right? We yeah. can say what we yeah. what we're thinking about changing. Uh, thinking about pushing the release day one day over to try and prevent all of these uh, pesky situations where news will come out directly after. It's a real pain in the ass. It really is. Like, and it seems to happen so consistently that we might as well just throw, you know, push it one day over and see how it does yeah uh just see if that'll be well, better this is kind of our test run this is coming out on wednesday where wednesday would just be the new normal release date so yeah that's true we'll test it out but yeah, as of right now season three episode one will be on a wednesday yeah and we also have some ideas for a new sort of intro uh tune uh logo logo has been a fucking thing that we've gone back and forth on forever it seems and it just stays it it, it <laughs> just always stays we've had a recent development maybe maybe yeah but we'll see on as I say, don't don't get your hopes up because yeah. it if if history repeats itself it we may just you may right. just see the same exact colors it will never die <laughs> it my stupid i made this in like five minutes on the mobile app version of canva it's just like it's just here to stay now i i never would have guessed but the, the, the sentimental attachment that has grown it, it's true it's true not to tune my own horn but, you know <laughs> yeah that's just a few of the things uh not a, not every episode will be two and a half hours long so don't worry about that but but this is a special occasion yeah of course and i guess wow, episode 100 you summoned uh, like the live summon <laughs> actually worked i just realized that <laughs> i was just thinking about that too i'm gonna put that on twitter but uh yeah thank you guys just so much this is just 
yeah, a triple digit episodes. Like, what the fuck? What are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, man. But I mean, it is kind of it's it's I'm be it's beyond words. It seems for me, but I mean, we we've said this multiple times. Like, we we do this to kind of stay connected. Yeah. Uh, now and now that you're moving away and leaving me behind, uh, <laughs> you know that vulgar way of putting it I'm, I'm, i know i know <laughs> listen i wish i wish i could be moving down to the sunny shores oh my god uh, as well it's nice i'll admit i mean i i was about to say i don't doubt it but i mean this this is probably i don't know i can't see it now that this is a part of like what we do of our daily routine i can't really ever see it stopping really like, it's, it's just soon. it's just incredible it's just normal and it gives us a chance to always be able to talk I mean, I've known you since, like, my first minutes on this earth. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I'm just glad that we just did are this. able to do this. Yeah. It's it's wild how we just decided to do it one day, and people actually listened in. Yeah, it's it's, it's certainly something, and, it, like, we say it all the time. It just happened on a whim, and now, 100 episodes later, it just... I can't really imagine life without it. It's kind of weird <laughs> to put it that way, but like you said, it's a way for us to stay connected. Um, you know, who knows like how, how much longer it'll go. Hopefully a lot longer. I mean, I mean yeah. Be ideal. I mean, who knows what the future holds? I, I try not to think about it too much. Same here. I think going with the flow. It's worked. Gives it better. I was about to say, it gives it better longevity because it just goes into your routine and then that's mm-hmm. what we do. Uh, I'd like to try to help out a bit more with editing and such because I feel like I put that a lot. I put a lot of that on you. No, this shit's getting edited in my editing a two and a half hour episode. Yeah, I mean, just in general. Time. Yeah, we we'll, like we said, season you three know, we'll I, brainstorm stuff and all that. But just this is just the, you know, just to thank you and it only works because you guys listen and you know, like we just said over and over again, that we're just gonna keep doing it and doing it and doing it until. So there's no more games to talk about. So the heat death of the universe, preferably. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Gaming has, even just in the time that we've been doing this, it's been steadily growing, I feel. Oh, it's in, wild. In the public eye. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just become such a... It's mainstream. It, it's incredibly mainstream, which I don't know how long it'll last for, but I feel like it'll be most of our lifetimes yeah we're gonna be doing but, this at 60 talking about breath of the wild 3 when that comes oh yeah <laughs> like 100 years yeah literally 100 i'm telling you what happened 100 years ago we're, son we're finishing the, of, the trilogy exactly <laughs> we're, we're like on we're like hooked up to all sorts of like wires and shit like, yes my, oh God, i have one last task for you great grandson i need the physical edition get me the physical the only <laughs> physical copy they're making i need it um but yeah I, I don't know man every every time we do is uh, a new season feels like a fresh start it is now that i'm thinking about it, i'm like oh i'm excited season three episode one it's like you get to start, start over, over again over yeah again. And, and obvious and it'll, i don't feel like it'll ever get boring because you always have new games to talk about exactly uh, you know as time marches on so do the new games coming <laughs> so out do so do games <laughs> so as time marches on the only constant will be gaming exactly and but yeah that's, that's all a, i've got that's that's all i've got i think two and a half hours in is a good 
good length i think i think so too um i'm sure we both uh, we both said that we have some prior engagements that we have to do tonight as well and we both said two and a half hours is our max and we are at the max (laughs) we're we're profits exactly so yeah uh i guess we do that we do the recap every time right yeah are uh, you all right (laughs) yeah no uh, links in the description for following uh as always if you enjoyed the absolute best way you can help us out and it, come on, it's episode 100 like come on just oh, yeah, do, yeah. do the fucking thing leave a rating and review get us in the alg before season three <laughs> let's get let's get this let's get this bitch cracking open exactly and we're just gonna we're gonna roll on in coming in hot for season three hopefully the wednesday release dates prevent any sort of fuckery from yeah Nintendo. i mean it has been pretty fun to meme about it how we always miss it but now we're tired I, of it and we're literally doing something it's about time it. for efficiency our our professionalism yes, to take it over it's time for our, our our professional j journalism to step <laughs> in but but yeah t- uh leave a leave a rating leave a review let us know what you think let us know anything you would like to see in the new season uh we would any suggestions would be greatly appreciated uh, but yeah i guess to recap game five fire emblem heroes f- fire emblem how oh, yeah. Fire Emblem Three Houses for me. Game four, Breath of the Wild. Game three, Dying Light. Game two, Pokemon Heart Gold. And game one, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Sky. Number five, also Fire Emblem Three Houses. Number four, the sequel to The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Number three, Super Mario Galaxy. Number two, The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. Number one, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. If you guys want to stay tuned to see, if you want to stick with us for the long haul to see if any of these change, I'm sure we will do this again. So absolutely, we will. Yeah, with that being said, thank you all so much for tuning in, if indeed you are still listening, and we will see you in two weeks. Hope you are excited, and we, because we certainly are excited to get back into it, so thank you guys. Talk to you then, gamers.